1: afternoon. Welcome into The Run Home on Tuesday, the 7th of February. Great to have you joining us today. Kirst and Mitch here. Uh, for your final day of four, Stephen Donald yep. is back tomorrow. Um, but I was just thinking about it, Mitch. Mm. What would the cricketing equivalent be of what Beavers just done? Just flying around the world to play in these... Probably my whole whole career. I mean,
2: yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you're a a professional athlete, you know. Beaver has a full-time job and family, and he goes off and plays in these one-off tournaments. He's obviously uh, been at the Sevens tournament in Mm. Dubai. He's at a Tens tournament in Cape Town, uh, which will be on the plane back right now as we speak. What would the cricketing equivalent be for retired cricketers?
2: I did that uh, last October. We did was Legends that Legends New Zealand? League. No, yeah. so there's two different tournaments. There's like a road safety one, which is like um, done by um, just yeah, they've got a big road safety organisation, and it's like it's a so fundraising in thing in India. Yeah. yeah, so that's where all the national teams, old national teams, go. But
1: so Scottyus and Ross Taylor, yeah, they and all, all those went to that. that. Yep,
2: and then uh, it was the same time there was a Legends League. Yeah, um, so, so what, uh, Roscoe what, played in that as well, but it was more like um, a
1: full competition. Full competition. Yeah, six, six
2: teams over two and a half weeks. Fun. Three weeks, yeah. Yeah, fun. Yeah, fun. It's actually nice. There's uh, some how opportunities to make some it? money after that. Oh, too competitive. We didn't know uh, how serious it was going to be when we turned up and it was way too serious.
1: Who were you playing against in this Legends League? Like um, if you and Ross like Jacques
2: Callis, um, Mitchell Johnson was there, like Liam Plunkett, who's just retired, um, all those kind of guys. You still had Gaut and Gambier. So you're not playing under Shane New Zealand? No, so no, you're, no, you're under all franchises. in like franchise stuff. Yeah. So they're even starting to franchise the old boy stuff. So, which is pretty classic. So, no, it's great. Um, good fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, us bowlers. We went into the night before, we are all sitting around having a beer and, and we were thinking that, and you know, we were always saying, like, are you going to half a run? What's the deal? And then um, some, a guy who's still playing some domestic cricket, Ashley Nurse, who played for the West Indies for some time, came out and had 100 off 50 balls, and after that, uh, all bets were off. All bits off, Boys charging and off the off the 30 metre circle it got pretty serious.
1: Is it very much uh, when you're in these environments? Uh, the bowlers over here, the batsmen who don't appreciate your craft over here.
2: Oh no no no! Everyone's pretty chilled. It was actually um, it was actually a really good tournament just to touch touch base with some old players around the mental uh, health side of things. Mm-hmm. And there was um surprisingly a big number of players who. I didn't know their identity after cricket, and it was quite uh, actually—it was quite an emotional first couple of days, to be fair. When uh, when the shackles came off, and then after that, it was just like getting around each other. It was bloody good, actually. It's actually um, something that I didn't go over there expecting. Um, but it was uh, a really, uh, really neat tournament for that and just getting around lads and, and a lot of the guys still stay in touch since That's that tournament, really cool. which is bloody awesome. That, that network after cricket, which you don't actually have. So, so who's awesome.
1: responsible for creating that? Because there should be um, something done to make an easier transition, right, from yeah. professionalism into the big wide world. Yeah, there's not,
2: um, there's not. I mean, I know, sorry, when I say there's not, um, I know the Players Association yeah. here yeah. make a massive effort in trying to do that. But with all of these things, um, until you've gone through, you don't know where the holes are and the gaps are in, in that kind of um, art post-cricket or post-being uh, professional athlete um, world is. So kind of um, we've kind of just done it ourselves in terms of like internationally getting around guys and helping each other out. And How do and, you have a yarn too? Um, like, oh, How do you keep in yeah, contact she's, with I was actually and, talking to, and check up on? Yeah, I was actually having a good conversation to Mitchell Johnson last night who I'm very very close with from Mumbai. And then even then, like, just same thing, just checking in on it's each co- other, cool. and it's which great. is bloody neat, um, yeah. which is real neat. And just checking that everything's going good with the family. You know, you're busy enough. You know, if you need me, give us a call. So you both, miss that both team sides. environment? So, yeah, yeah, you miss it. You miss it. You miss it big time. Yeah, yeah you do. Because
1: it's all you've known. Yeah. As being around yeah, the team.
2: Around the team. So yeah, yeah. it does definitely does, uh, does. But it's nice to get around the team yourself and, and Jacob. Oh, we've been lucky well, we to have, have you. We today, but I think we've got... We've got Niv. We've Niv. got Niv the Niv amazing in. Niv. So, yeah, it's nice to be in some form of team environment care. Sorry, I brought you've her down at the you've start You've got of your the show, own team as well, Mitch, which <laughs> we shouldn't
1: forget. Your yeah, little daughter running around too. at home. Um, this morning was Dad Judy's. It was. What did you get up to with her? Yeah,
2: yeah. No, we just went to the cafe, and uh, she decides to lax out on the <laughs> in the uh, little high chair. She's a, she's an absolute handful, that one. So, she yeah, must look, take after yeah. you. Anyone, um, anyone who's got about a one-and-a-half to two-year-old son... Uh, look out she's coming for you <laughs> coming for your son she's going to be a handful when she gets a bit older
1: well can i gonna, say that on there should i say that about
2: my 18 month old you're the one daughter. that's going to
1: have to put up with it aren't you yeah
2: i am i am indeed anyway bloody good bloody good to be here last day last uh, you day must let's be make a big to one. back
1: tomorrow oh that is what it is you know He'll be back tomorrow. He'll, he's like he's like another piece in. of
3: the furniture, isn't he? cursed? <laughs> it's
1: like I feel like it's just the other day that he left us, and then
3: yeah, well, it was. He's
1: back again, you know. <laughs> it's so, a quick
3: trip for him, eh? A quick it is round a big trip.
1: It is a big trip in the space of what day did he actually leave us? Was it Wednesday or Thursday?
3: Yeah, I think it was Wednesday. It's crazy
1: that he's been to South Africa and back, isn't it? And played in a tournament.
3: Yeah, ridiculous. He Must have
1: been on the ground for about twenty-four hours, and that's it. Mm. Like it's a quick trip, considering it's twenty-eight hours travel time.
3: Mm. And especially he didn't train beforehand too. So. Um,
1: I've seen one picture of him come out of South Africa. Yeah, so one photo. So one photo to show his beautiful wife, Alex. I'm still alive. <laughs> if you haven't heard from me, I'm still alive. Yeah. Uh, he looked horribly worse for wear <laughs> and I? I don't think he's actually played did he, you see that picture yeah, he was hiding with he a camera. he was cat. hiding in the back yeah. and he looked horrendous yeah. he looked like he's had a, a, a wonderful time a rough off time the field,
3: mm-hmm. off the field off the field in South Africa extracurricular.
1: but look he's still walking and uh, he'll be walking into this office tomorrow and speaking of rugby uh, the All Blacks mental skills coach Gilbert hmm. noki you would have heard of him yep He was part of the 2011 Rugby World Cup title, 2015 Rugby World Cup title. He's still Mm -hmm. involved well, he has been still involved up until last year in the All Blacks campaign. Uh, and many players, if you talk to Israel Dagg, Beaver, uh, credit Gilbert Anoka with the success of the team. He's sort of yep. the unsung hero. He doesn't really get the credit that he deserves, but everyone in that environment knows exactly what he has done. Well, Chelsea FC, the glamour club in the EPL has recognised his talents and they have contracted him on a short term basis to be a consultant, uh, He wants their, basically, they want his help, Chelsea want his help to create uh, a culture at the club after all these new signings. So they've just spent all this money and they've brought all different personalities and egos into one side. And this guy, our Kiwi, Gilbert Anoka, is tasked with getting the culture right amongst these million dollar athletes.
2: Yeah, to uh, create success. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, pretty crazy. pretty massive. I've got a family what? chat with my extended family, and uh, my auntie loves to stick the uh, the needle in the side. And then said to my cousin today, she said, uh, "See, your team needs a kiwi to sort their heads out." <laughs> That's funny. So, so good banter in the family chat. But you're right; they're sitting at ninth. Um, they're a full twenty points um, off a drift of first Arsenal and first on fifty points on the table. Uh, they have struggled. And how
1: are these egos? I want to oh, know. Geez. Who are the egos I mean, and what Jake, are they like? Jacob will
3: tell you. this. There's, there's are just they? so many. So just Not all of football. These Everyone's Chelsea got an ego in football, don't they, Jacob? Oh, they all do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, they're all worth like flipping God knows what Hundreds amount of, of millions money. Hundreds yeah. Uh, so what, they all
1: think they're the best. Yeah,
3: like one one ego I can think of, Thiago Silva. His yes. wife is like ma- the main problem. I don't know if Gilbert's going to so be Gilbert seeing dealing her. So Gilbert dealing too? with the wags. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is,
1: is he dealing with the wags or just the players?
3: Oh, well, just the players, I think. But, but there's a lot knows, going on. Yeah, there is a lot going on. There is, there is quite a lot. Uh, she was, uh, she said uh, last year or the year before or earlier this year, uh, that if the team had a team full of Tiago Silvers, they would be winning all their games.
2: It's funny when the wives
1: come to your defence. right? right? Has Georgia stuck up for you (laughs) when someone's put the knives in match?
2: Never. Who was it a couple of years ago? Was it Joseph um, Tapanes' missus was getting in amongst it, saying that he should be starting. Yep.
1: Julian Sabia's wife has also uh, come out very publicly in the past. Oh, just stay away from it. Just stay away from it. (laughs) You just open yourself up, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you do. You open yourself up.
2: Yeah, and it never goes down well mm. with coaching staff, with management, it never does.
1: Well, maybe Gilbert Inoka is going to have more on his hands than he knows. If, if he, like, we don't have egos in New Zealand rugby, do we? They don't earn enough, you know? This is New Zealand. It's yeah. a team of five million. You're looking at the UK and Europe where you have these absolute stars.
2: Jeez, I know, I know the election's not far around the corner, but are you campaigning already? Team of five million.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. New Cindy. <laughs> New Cindy? Not at all. <laughs> Look, we've got just, our prime minister. United Nation. <laughs> <laughs> No way. No way. No, no way. way.
2: Yeah, no, I uh, I don't know. I don't know if they've got any egos in the All Blacks. I guess that's a question for Beeve tomorrow. I'm sure there's probably a couple floating around. Uh, but, um, yeah, nothing on the level of what you would get when you're dealing with the Premier League. Absolutely no doubt about it. This is
1: huge it. for Kiwi. This is huge. And our massive congratulations goes out to Gilbert Anoka. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting watching uh, what happens with Chelsea FC both on and off the paddock and see... If if success does come to that club, and if he can get everyone on the same page, and what now happens with the mental skills coaching role in the All Blacks because they'll be looking for a new one. Uh, and just by the way, Ezra Dag is trying to get Gilbert and Noker on breakfast tomorrow morning uh, with Izzy and Kempi. So keep a listen out, keep an eye out for that if you want to listen uh, to Gilbert and Noka and what he's walking into. Apparently, he's on a plane as we speak, heading over to Chelsea, which is absolutely amazing. The other big footballing story Mm. uh, going around the world today, which has come as a bit of a shock, Manchester City has been accused of misleading Premier League officials over their finances over a nine-year period. They've been charged uh, more than 100 times and could face relegation, fines. They could have points docked for financial wrongdoing.
2: Mm. Yeah, they've been accused of it, um, and it's happened in the past. Look, probably now's the time to say that I'm a huge Man City fan. (laughs) And everyone out there who's got an issue with Man City in this situation, uh, your teams just suck. Your teams just generally suck. Man City is just the best side in the Premier League, has been for many years now. And and the great words of Travis Travis uh, Kelsey, (laughs) exactly, and the great words of Travis Kelsey, seeing it's Super Bowl week, Shut your mouth, you jabronies!
3: Since when were you a fan of Man City? I no, feel I've like that just, I just up five I've minutes ago. I eh? no, just I've wanted to get
1: the quote out. I just wanted to get Trevor
2: Kelsey because I am so pumped up for the NFL. For Super Bowl. But yeah, but <laughs> I am. I am. But it is huge news. It really is. Um, look, we are going to have a chat about it later yeah. in the show, aren't we?
1: Yeah, we're going to get Adam Peacock on. Uh, mm. So on that note, coming up on the Macca's menu. Thanks to make Delivery. It is Teamless Tuesday today. And today's Teamless Tuesday. We want you to get amongst it. We are naming our first 15 of bands, your favourite bands of all time. Of course, the Grammys happened yesterday. uh, And have a think. Your favourite bands, where would they fit into a first 15? Uh, you two, Kings of Leon, Red Hot Chili Peppers would go nowhere near this Teamless Tuesday if Beaver was here. But it's your team today, so you get to decide where your favourite bands of all time would come into our Teamless Tuesday. Let us know their positions and who or what band 8833 on the Temper and Bedpost text line or 0800 150 811 on the Makeda New Zealand phone line uh, and also for calling up our drive show you can be in to win a $250 Makita New Zealand voucher which we will have on hand every Friday to give to one of you lucky callers so that is teamless Tuesday today we want to hear from you we're naming our first 15 of your favourite bands the most iconic bands of all time Uh, Mitch is going to give us some top tips no TAB today so Mm. we're going to get some tips since he's so pumped up about Super Bowl he's going to put his money where his mouth is and give us some Super Bowl tips if you're going to get on. Have a listen to that after four thirty. Adam Peacock, he's a writer for Code Sport in Australia. He's gonna break down the Man City scenario with us after five o'clock. If you've got any questions about it, uh, fire them our way, send them through. Drive to Survive has jackpotted as well. We couldn't give it away yesterday, so today we've got a $100 TAB bonus bet voucher up for grabs at around 5.40. After six, Mike Gill is an American sports expert who works for ESPN. He's a massive Phillies fan. He covers all Philly-based sports sides. So we're going to talk to him about the NFL, Super Bowl coming up, his team, the NBA, everything going on, and the UFC as well. We'll name our Teamless Tuesday, our first 15 of iconic bands. And we've got Canterbury Kings coach Peter Fulton, two metre Peter, coming up on the show as well before the Super Smash Decider this coming Saturday. That is the Makers menu, thanks to Mick Delivery, delivering your Makers favourites straight to your door. This is the run home on ECNZ. All thanks to Mick Delivery. Great to have you joining us today. Don't forget to get your texts in for Teamless Tuesday. Double eight, double three. What iconic bands can you think of? What are your favourite bands of all time? Today is all about music, of course. After having the Grammys yesterday, uh, just a wee update on the All Blacks. Uh, the two All Blacks tests for this season. Isn't it crazy that we've only got two All Blacks tests this year? Rugby World Cup here, yeah, there's five tests before the World Cup. Just two will be played in New Zealand. Uh, those details have been released. The All Blacks will take on South Africa Saturday the 15th of July uh, at Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland. Of course, Eden Park is not available with the FIFA Women's World Cup being here. Uh, and we will take on Australia on Saturday the 5th of August. That is an afternoon match. That is a 2.35pm off at Forsyth Bar Stadium in Dunedin for Low 2. What do you reckon? What do you think about the afternoon game? Will you be there in Dunedin? Will you be there at Mount Smart Stadium? Those two All Blacks tests for 2023 are all locked and loaded. But Mitch, you've got a great story for us following on from our interview that we did yesterday uh, with a keen fisherman who started his own moocha Hunters competition. If you haven't listened to that interview and you're a keen mich- fisherman, go back and listen on our ECNZ app.
2: Yep. Um, So there was a a story coming out of Australia the other day was um, a guy went to the petrol pump. He went to fill up his boat before going out on the boat. So obviously fishing related. Um, When the started racking up, he obviously not paying his attention, attention, started racking up, got to $567 at the pump until he realized he put the uh, petrol pump into the rod holder in the boat.
1: So that was just going it was just going, going out onto nowhere. the base of
2: the boat, yeah. Oh. Just onto, yeah. So uh, I thought that was pretty pretty funny. And be
1: cheaper fuel in Australia too. <laughs> if that was New <laughs> it Zealand, it's be, probably yeah, twelve hundred dollars.
2: Could, could be, yeah, a hundred percent. So yeah, a big mistake. Uh, what an absolute. Uh, am I allowed to say cock up um, in that situation? <laughs> I didn't know, but you did. Uh, but I want to know um, what is the biggest mistake that you've ever made. Um, in your life, I guess. In your life, or what's the biggest mistake you've made on the sporting field? Anything like that uh, along those lines? because what's that's uh, Um Mine is, geez, I don't know. I'll have to come to. I'll have to have a little think about that. There's, there's probably quite a few. Give us one. Uh, I um,
1: biggest mistake.
2: Got the mini tramp out at uh, at school, missing chemistry and and. Uh, Tried to dunk, do like a front flip dunk on the on the were, rim. How long were you here? Would have been 17. Yep. Yeah, big big match uh, for first 15 the next day, and um and I ended up ripping uh, the whole tendons down down my hand uh, on one of the little hooks on the on the basketball net. Oh. So that was one of the mistakes I've made. Very many mistakes. A lot that can't be said on air. I don't um, believe it, Mitch. You're yeah. a saint. Oh yeah, jeez. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> You're an but absolute That's one saint. of them. That's one of them for sure.
1: you uh, you got a fun fact for us as well that you wanted to bring up, which is. It's quite hilarious.
2: Uh, Yeah, so staying on the fishing theme, um, the Los Angeles Angels. So Mm -hmm. in the the baseball over in the States, um, the home runs, their highest home run hitter since 2000 to 2019 was Tim Salmon. Now they have Mike Trout with them. He's been their highest home run hitter since 2020 to 22. So a uh, real fish-related trend at and the Los Angeles Angels. And these guys are real Angels. players. Yeah, real <laughs> players. They are. Tim Salmon, that's an impressive 19 years. 19 years. He Who's
1: going to be next? Um, you got those two. Who's next? <laughs>
2: I don't know. Martin Guptill's a pretty good uh Pretty good uh, baseballer. So, i heard. So Guppy... Did, did he
1: go over there and play a few matches?
2: Uh, I just did. i uh, just having a mess around, yeah, with, uh, I think, the Miami Marlins. Is it the Marlins or the Mariners? Could, uh, one of those two, yeah.
1: Could any of our cricketers, like a Martin Guptill, mm. uh Actually, make that transition. You know, later on we're yeah. going to talk NFL uh, with Mike Gill and of course Jordan Mailata, who was the NRL player with the Bunnies, has made this incredible transition into NFL. What about cricketers transitioning into baseball? Has Guppy played a bit of baseball, or is it? Oh, look, you know, he, are these um, he actually
2: he actually trains. He actually does train with a baseball bat on the bowling machine every now and again, just for fun, just um, just to try and get his like cross bat swing right. Yeah, maybe a bit of fun, um, but also just to get that like baseball swing when you're going to play some T20 cricket. So um, he's partial to it, but geez, it's like um, the US. There was a a little while ago they thought the US was going to be dominant in cricket if mm-hmm. they could put a couple of baseballers into into cricket, and and it's completely a different sport. You get those full tosses, um, the ball moves around, and and the baseballers can't pick the pick the ball up off the turf. So uh, probably not not at his stage, but the I mean, there could be. There could be some. Oh, look, the money that goes on in that sport and, and the way that in New Zealand, a lot of youngsters are getting into your NBA. They're getting into NFL. They're getting into your baseball. Um, it might not be that long until we actually see uh, another Kiwi in the NFL, sorry, in, in the NBL.
1: Would love to see it. Would absolutely love to st- see it. Uh, sticking with the cricketing theme, uh, Kyle and Will Young, uh, the two big headliners in the New Zealand eleven that was named uh, to face England in a two-day pink ball warm-up match yep. set in Park in Hamilton on Wednesday, starting tomorrow. Both of these two haven't played international cricket in nearly a year, uh, both needing game time. W- what does this mean? Do you think these two... Does, if they get through a couple of days, they'll be playing that first opening test. Well, I hope so. I really
2: do hope so. Um, number four and number five in that lineup in the in the Black Caps mm. is, is in my opinion, probably the weakest slot in in our test batting lineup at the moment. You've got uh, Henry Nichols there at the moment, and you've got Daryl Mitchell, who I believe should be batting maybe six. Um, would be a really nice spot for him. That's where he scored his runs six and seven for New Zealand when he was playing as a as an all rounder as opposed to a batter. Henry Nichols. Um, he has, does have a good record in New Zealand. So uh, I'll give him that. But he's been horribly out of form of late. We have his uh, coach on later on. We, maybe you can ask that. Maybe I'll shy away from that one. Um, uh,
1: but hey, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Nichols has been horribly out of form coining <laughs> match.
2: <laughs> yeah, 100%. Oh, I'm happy to happy to throw that one at him. No, but um, Will Young, he's impressed me, particularly the last couple of years. This year, he's in fantastic form. I would love to see him score some runs in this game and, and then make his debut. In that, oh, sorry, not his debut, but try and play in that number four slot for New Zealand. I'd love to see it. He's he's ready, in my opinion. Um, he's the next guy off the ranks, and I think this is a really good opportunity for him. Kyle Jameson? Yeah. Yeah, he's just loading. He's just yeah. trying to get some overs under his belt. He won't bowl many. He might bowl ten to fourteen, I think. And a then hard won't, coming back won't to internationals
1: bowl. after injuries. I mean, you've been absolutely battered by injury in your career yep. as well. So is it hard, or you just get straight back into it? Oh, it
2: can be tough. It can be tough. He's coming back from a back injury, which thankfully I've never been out with. Just hips for me, but um, he he'll be it'll be pulling him back will be the key for, for New Zealand cricket because he's a highly competitive bloke. So, And also, if he is looking nice, you don't want to show them too much of him, right? Mm. Um, you don't want them to to see him under lights with that pink ball too much. Um, the one to watch out for is Eddie Ashok, a um, leg spinner from Auckland. Um, very, very promising, probably a couple of years, three, four years maybe, away from playing for New Zealand. You just never know when he sh- retires. I think he'll play as our leg spinner. And Robbie O'Donnell, he's in that side as well. He's been the inform um, batter and skipper of Auckland um, aces. So he's going to be an impressive watch as well. Um, more, probably more in the white ball format of the game, um, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. But um, what a great opportunity for him as well.
1: Awesome, a fantastic opportunity for so many of these players, isn't it? And we can't wait to see that New Zealand eleven take on England uh, starting tomorrow. This is The Run Home on ECNZ, all thanks to Rotofleaks by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Get your nominations in for Teamless Tuesday. Iconic bands, iconic musicians of all time, where they're fitting in to a first 15. Great to have you joining us today on The Run Home on ECNZ. Uh, Mitch... It's time for you to delve deep into Mitch's Millions Bank. We want you to go deeper than your Friday tips for Mitch's Million. We want you to give us something that is going to be truly successful come Super Bowl Monday. Yep. What okay. is your success rate with the TAB?
2: Uh, steady away. I don't punt often. I don't punt often, but as you can days probably like tell. Today or but or like super, when it comes to Super Bowl, I, I'm I'm doing my research. Where yeah. does
1: your research come from? And uh, can we rely on it?
2: Can you rely on it? Uh, look, uh, when it comes around to Super Bowl and NFL, I, I enjoy it, um, and a lot of I've got a lot of nuffy mates who love the NFL, so that's what they talk uh, on the group chat. So um, this video came across my lap this morning, and I found it very interesting. It was a video around. Carl Sheffers, who is going to be refereeing the game. He's going to be one of the umpires uh, for this Super Bowl. It is going to be his third Super Bowl. So he was the referee when uh, the Chiefs lost to Tampa Bay and uh, Tom Brady's uh, heroic feats for Tampa Bay. Um, and the Chiefs fans hate him. And they've actually got a really good record under him, actually. It's 8-2. But they always feel like these he's got them on the wrong end of the stick and and there's good reason. Um, He is, he really, the way he referees the game Geez, you're yawning. You're not into this uh, Super Bowl (laughs) chat, Kirst. No, the way he referees the game is he pulls up a lot of offensive penalties. Um, A lot of penalties come, so he really slows down the flow of the game. So the game never really gets started, which is not a great sign for a Super Bowl, right? Um, So the game never gets started. So generally, there's not that many points scored. So when you look at the unders and overs... Interesting. The unders and overs when it comes to the TAB, Mm. uh, the last... 12 playoff games that he's officiated in, the Unders have won 11-1. to 11-1 to 1 on the Unders. So if you're looking at the Unders, and as well, the Underdogs, when he's refereed in playoff games, have a 63%. Who's the
1: Underdog
2: I, I, here? Philly, Philly is the Underdog. The underdog. underdog yeah. So Philadelphia, I, I would say so. Um, you may not agree with me, but um, 63% um, of the Underdogs win when he officiates. So there you go. It's only a 13% opportunity for the underdog to get up and win. But yeah, definitely on the points, the out of 12 games, 11 of those games, uh, the unders. What's it paying? I'll have to find that out for you you've Oh Mitch a, this is a, your segment it done for This me, is but the
1: TAB segment with a Mitch TAB and he segment. forgot to bring the odds Paul <laughs> <laughs>
2: my you know, would never We've just done this <laughs> come whole on, we've Mitch. just done this whole thing on being a team and you just throw me under the bus <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, not great from you Kirst actually No. Oh no,
1: Mitch I thought you'd come better prepared than that <laughs> considering all the research <laughs> uh, you've done
2: Yeah no I will try and find it for you as well so yeah you're looking at the unders yeah, um, and if you want to get on the underdog which is Philly uh, well, actually, they've just gone head to head. They're actually ahead now. So, Kansas Chiefs might the be the people difference? you jump on. Uh, yeah, the price difference is 20 cents. So, Philadelphia Eagles at $1.77, Kansas Chiefs at $1.97. So, that's switched around from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Kansas Chiefs were big favorites. So, there we go.
1: What about the unders?
2: Geez, I'm not great on the sites. <laughs> there you go, the margins. Uh, You've thrown me. I can't well, see you typing. Look it up. And this is your so, segment, Mitch. This is your okay. segment. We'll
1: let you run this one. Uh, but we'll get back to you if you would like to know those numbers. Uh, total Mitch. points. There
2: you go. What are we Overs? looking at? Yep. So we're looking at the unders. Under 50.5. Okay, Bits. so for the total game, that's what you're looking at. So the unders are $1.90. Under 50.5. There you go. So there you go. Good money. Put the Chiefs into that. There you go, a little multi. Oh, very good.
1: We'll come back to you on Monday, Mitch, and we'll see (laughs) how your tips work out. You're off the hook uh, for the rest of the week. Uh, This is The Run Home. Thanks to Mick Delivery. Today is Teamless Tuesday. We want your signings. This is a musical Teamless Tuesday. We want to get jazzy, get rocky, what are your favorite bands of all time? Double eight, double three, or oh eight hundred, one five oh eight eleven, and where would they fit into a first fifteen? <laughs> Kings of Leon, what do you reckon? Would they make Teamless Tuesday's iconic musicians, iconic bands? Double A, double three on the and Bedpost text line. How about this for a Kiwi suggestion? Selimio as the front row. They've got great pipes on them. They'd be great at entertaining.
2: Yep, like Great for sing-alongs I do on like the it. bus. Yep, they would be fantastic. And Scott's text through, he said, Dire Straits on the wing. Mm. Yeah, we. I definitely think that that should be the case. Uh, yeah, that's but, a great text, Scott. Yeah, great I agree. text, Scott. So uh, I think uh, Dire Straits are going to be our right wing. I think so.
1: What about Bruce Springsteen? He's got to be the captain, doesn't he? The
3: boss. The boss. The, the boss, boss. The captain. Yeah, He's
1: got to be.
2: Yep. That's a good shout. That's a bloody good shout. And uh, Ken's texted and said, Pink Floyd, uh, who he's seen live. Wow. Ken, that's outstanding. Uh, and uh, Ice House. And no interest in Super Bowl at all. Cheers, Ken. Oh, well, Cheers, Ken. Thanks for that, mate. <laughs> no, that's great. That's good stuff. Look, hey, Kirst asked whether you are interested in the Super Bowl, um, even if you aren't interested in the NFL. Uh, I mean, a lot of people, we are staying on theme here. A lot of people are going to be sticking around for, for Rihanna. At uh at halftime, music. That's uh that's going to be huge. That's mm. going to be huge. Halftime is is half of the Super Bowl, isn't it? That's so, why
1: people turn up.
2: Yep, last year was outstanding. You had Eminem and Snoop Dogg,
1: the LA rap yeah, scene.
2: Fifty Cent, that was awesome. That was very cool. So as an event, Super Bowl is outstanding. Even if you don't like the NFL
1: absolutely I uh, keep your messages coming through for teamless Tuesday we're doing iconic musicians or iconic bands and where they would slot into a first 15 if you're new uh, or if you need reminding text in who or what and what position are they playing double eight double three is the number on the temper and Bedpost post text line well someone that Mitch has played against played alongside is retiring from international cricket for good this is it Aaron Finch uh, is hanging up the boots he leaves Australian cricket looking for a new T20 captain, of course he won a World Cup in 2021, couldn't back that up last year on home soil though Mm. uh, Mitch, but he's done a lot for this team hasn't he, 103 T20s 73 of them as captain uh, lead Australia in 55 ODIs as well out of his 146 and a number of tests as well let's hear from him now
4: It's been a pretty amazing ride and and I don't think it's until you finish up that you sit back and you're you reflect on it and you realise some of the friendships that you've made and some of the experiences that you've had over over 12 years playing for Australia. It's, it's pretty amazing. So very grateful for that.
2: Yeah, that was Aaron Finch um, short clip, and like you could hear, he was struggling to find the words um, because it has been such a long career. He holds the T20 highest score against Zimbabwe, one hundred and seventy-two. He's been the skipper of the T20 side for a long period of time. Won multiple World Cups across the the One Day and and uh, T20 formats. So, um, no, good on him. He's had a fantastic career, and he's actually this big bash. He actually was in fine form as well. Uh, some of his best work. So. You know, at least he's hung up the the boots on his own terms. I know a few people were calling for a couple of years ago, um, but he he's hung in there and and obviously has been a, a great servant to Australian cricket. So I thought I might just change the tact a little bit um, the the game when when I used to play with him. I played with him at um, Mumbai Indians and I hadn't played a game yet and sharing the changing room with Aaron Finch, which was bloody awesome. And um, he uh, our owner would go before the first game of Cutter. He'd go around the change room and he'd, he'd fist pump everyone. So he'd just give you a little knuckles as you're going around the change room. So go around the change room, giving everyone knuckles and, and uh, gets to Aaron Finch and Aaron Finch holds out his hand to shake his hand instead of doing the knuckles. Um, and, and, and the owner goes, no, no, I do fist pumps. He goes, well, you're a weirdo then. <laughs> and then he just walked past Finch. He didn't do a knuckles, didn't do a handshake. And Finch, goes... Well, I've used a bit more colourful language, but turned around and goes, well, I've stuffed up there, haven't I? <laughs> and then the next game, the owner did that because he was so superstitious. So shaking hands he thought was bad luck. And then the next game, when Aaron Finch came out to bat, first run he took off for, he pulled his hamstring off the bone.
1: Superstitions.
2: And was out of the tournament. So he's the one guy in the change room who didn't shake, or didn't give him a fist well, the bump. The owner would have been yeah. furious.
1: <laughs> well, Absolutely maybe, yeah, furious. Maybe it was a
2: curse uh, on Aaron Finch there, you know, if you're superstitious. So there you go. So he knew he'd stuffed up. He knew he'd stuffed up. And then the next game, yeah, pulled the hamstring off the bone. So there you go. How Uh, do you
1: think he compares to uh, some of these other explosive batsmen uh, that you've seen?
2: um, Yeah, he was, um, I think, against New Zealand, I think we kind of had his number. So guys like Sally were very, very good against him. They swung the ball away but nipped the ball back through the gate and he used to not move his feet much. So we had good success, but the, the lesser sides um, who didn't have that planning or the ability, the same skill, or some of our guys um, definitely struggled. He was one of, one of the best T20 players around the world for a very, very long time. But the text of flooding in, cursed. The techs are are flooding in.
1: The techs are coming in thick and fast. Keep them coming as well. Today is Teamless Tuesday, which is all about you. It is your chance to have your say. Remember, we're naming our first 15, so we want to know who you'd have in the front row, the Lucys, the locks, who are your playmakers, your speedsters on Mm. the outside. We want to hear from you today. Let us know your most iconic musicians. Who springs to mind when you say that? Maybe it is Bruce Springsteen. Maybe it's someone else.
2: Yeah, we've got some good ones coming through as well. Uh, Tim said, Dave Grohl, great all rounder, smashes the skins, will smash rucks. Yes, I like that. I like that. So we're looking at Dave Grohl potentially being an open side flanker. I I, I do enjoy that. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, We've got another one here from Todd. I like this. Eric Clapton, centre. Cocaine runs the best lines. Love it, Toddy. Love it. A little bit risque. If I said that line, I might get fired. But uh, great work, Todd. Well, great contribution it. to the show. You did say Outstanding. it. So
1: <laughs> if Mitch doesn't come back tomorrow, you know where he is.
2: <laughs> and, and Justin's along our lines as well. Uh, Justin from Palmy, he said, uh, meatloaf is hooker. Geez, I think we might have to solidify. have you got your hooker. Yeah, we've got our hooker. It seems that way as well. And Tim? Said he went to the Phillies in 2015, went to Philly in 2015. Great city, home of the oldest brewery in the US. Fight, Eagles, fight. Love it, mate. Nice, Tim. I love it.
1: Are you on Mitch's uh, millions bet? His tip that he's given us, are you on the unders? Double eight, double three. keep your texts coming through for team list Tuesday on the temper and bedpost text line. Today, iconic musicians, iconic bands of all time. Who are you putting in and where are they going? To watch the sport, let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with Delivery.
3: Rotaflex, world-leading biomechanical design by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now. Kick back and relax. It's time for the Run Home with
0: Kirsten Beeve.
1: Great to have you joining us on this Tuesday. Tuesday means it is Teamless Tuesday, so get your nominations in for Teamless Tuesday. We're naming our first 15 of iconic musicians or iconic bands, your favourites of all time. Let us know who it is uh, on double eight double three, and where you think they're playing in our first 15. We've had some wonderful votes so far. Pearl Jam has been voted... At 10, Meatloaf at Hooker. Uh, Bruce Springsteen as the boss and captain. Dave Grohl and the Lucys.
2: Yep. Uh, Blair's just texted through. He said the who. Um, who. And the who you're asking is the reserve who comes off the bench with two minutes to go to get his first cap. So I like that. Great work, Blair. Fantastic contribution to the show, mate. Uh, Text again. That looks like your first text. Good stuff, mate.
1: Michael uh, is saying Queen, Freddie Mercury and the likes. Where is Queen? Where is Freddie Mercury fitting in?
3: (laughs) Well, he's a great front man, isn't he? He is a great front man. They're all great front men, aren't they? What do you reckon?
1: Freddie Mercury? Yeah. Uh, He's quite slight, isn't he? He'd have to mm, be in the backs. mm, He couldn't be be in the
2: forwards. same build as Bowden Barrett. So where's he play? 10 or 15. 10 or 15. Maybe he could 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 go at the back. He could go at the back. Uh, That'd be a pretty good position for Queen.
1: Maybe. Let us know, double eight, double three, what you think, where Queen is going and who else you would have in our team list Tuesday. Coming up on the Maker's menu, thanks to Delivery, we've got Adam Peacock coming on the programme out of Australia. He's waiting on the line to chat the situation at Manchester City uh, right now. We play Drive to Survive for a $100 TAB bonus bet voucher just after uh, News and Sport at half past five. After six, we head to America in the biggest week. For NFL. It is Super Bowl coming up in six days' time. Mike Gill from ESPN chats to us about his team. The Phillies will name our team this Tuesday. And we've got Canterbury cricket coach Peter Fulton coming on ahead of the Super Smash final as well. That is the Makers menu. Thanks to Mick Delivery, delivering your Makers favourites straight to your door.
0: This is the Run Home feature interview. Thanks to McDelivery. ba da ba
1: ba well, our next guest is an absolute genius and a bit of a legend as well. Adam Peacock as a writer for Code Sports. He's done stuff with SEN in Australia, our stable mates as well. He's covered all things football, tennis, cricket, Olympic sports, and even jousting for more than two decades. So we're blimmin' lucky to have him on the programme. Adam, it is so great to have you. Thank you so much for your time. Manchester City have been charged for breaching financial rules dating back as far as 2009. I've lost count, but it's more than 100 breaches uh, that the club has been charged for. What more can you tell us? What are they actually being charged for?
4: Uh, I'll tell you what. You won't be charged for, and that's a bad intro of a guest. Thank you for that, by the way. Um, yeah, they uh, they are being charged for basically leading uh, leading the Premier League down a path that um, you're not allowed to go down in terms of their financials. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's all based on revenue, financial fair play. It's you know you, you've got to you've got to live. Through um, within your means and what manchester city is alleged to have had uh have done is cook the books so it looks like they are living uh within their means when really they're copying um sponsorships that are inflated and, and this that and the other to make their books look better so that they're f- able to afford the the balance sheet of the the, the uh, expenditure that they are on players and coaches now it's a it's a complex complex yeah. issue i would have hated to have investigated it. You'd have to be a, like a forensic accountant to to look through it all, and it's going to get even more complex when it enters the courts of you know what they're going to do, and that's appeal appeal this kind of finding.
2: Yeah, I guess um, that's a really good point you make there. Like, how long do you think it'll be until we get a decision? I know in the past they've they've been um, banned from the Europe uh, from from Champions League, um, but that got overturned in court, uh, court. How long do you until you think we can see a result from this kind of al- these allegations?
4: Well, this was a this was a four-year investigation. So they've taken their whole old time with with getting to the bottom the Premier League. I'm I'm talking about mm. about what they're alleged to have done wrong. So to to unpick all that and go through it strand by strand, it's it's going to take a while. I, I can't imagine it's going to be um, in and done within a couple of weeks. We're, we're talking months, years, maybe. It's 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 such a complex issue, and I've read some of the reports two, three times and I'm, I'm still get my head around what exactly they're alleged to have done. Now, this this goes back, well, basically from when the Abu Dhabi consortium took over 2008, mm-hmm. so just after as well. So it, what, what you're not allowed to do is basically what I'm, I'm guessing reading between all the lines is that Manchester City owned by basically Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. um, one of the seven uh, emirates over there in the UAE. Um, what you can't do is basically say, oh, we're sponsored by Etihad, um, for, I don't know, $300 million, when really it's $600 million they're pumping into the club. Um, and, and you've got to have third-party revenue coming in as well. It's, it, it's so complex. It's so weird. It sounds like there's no salary cap in Premier League, but there is a kind of salary cap, a spending cap. So, look, it's it's a mess, and it's going to get worse before it gets better because Manchester City have to go about the business of playing football games, and you can imagine how this has gone down with opposition fans in England.
2: I was going to ask that because this um, on Monday they take on, or Monday our time they take on um, Aston Villa, who are fighting to stay in the middle of the table, ten points clear of relegation, and then on Thursday morning our time um, they take on the top of the table clash with with Arsenal. Um, you know what what kind of bearing will this have for the rest of the uh, the tournament, uh, rest of the Premier League, and and you know if you're Arsenal, you know are, are you trying to get that um, game postponed until a later date until you've got a little bit more clarity?
4: No, I reckon Arsenal will just continue on as is and just follow the guidelines of the Premier League. The interesting thing about all of this is that the Premier League, it's not a separate body. It's actually, the Premier League is a conglomerate of the 20 clubs that are in the Premier League at any one time. So this is basically Manchester City against themselves in a way, one-twentieth of themselves. Yeah. So that in itself is, is really, really weird. Um, look, I, I can't see anything changing this season. I don't think they'll have points deductions this season because you, you can't do anything until the final decision is handed down. Now, these are findings and allegations, and, you know, you, you've, you've you've breached this. Um, they'll give a basically a show cause um, opportunity to say, well, this is our side of the story, and then an independent arbitrator, which hasn't even been appointed yet, We'll get to the bottom of it. So as I said before, this is not going to happen anytime soon. We'll be lucky before it's not only this Christmas but the Christmas after if we know the findings of this. And then the punishments can be handed down. And what's on the table? On the table is points deductions, relegation, Mm. um, transfer bans, all of those things. It's all on the table. But with no certainty can you say that one or the other or all are going to happen. And
1: it sounds Very, very messy, uh, doesn't it? Especially if it's still a couple of years in the making. Will it have an impact on these players or do they just go about business and ignore it? Or is it something that will be brought up in every press conference that they attend?
4: Yeah, it's it's going to be hard on... Well, not hard, but like tricky to negotiate for Pep Guardiola because he's the one, basically... The the coach is the spokesman for um for, for the team like over there how it works the coach has to front a media conference before every match and after every match now the players they can dive around it you get very little access to players over in england so honestly knowing players if the money's still going into their bank account <laughs> that they'll promised on their contract they'll be fine they'll, they'll rock up and be professional um but it, it's it's going to grate at Guardiola and yeah it's an We've got some interesting press conferences coming up with him.
2: Yeah, you mentioned Pep. Um, he's obviously the Man City manager. The last time this, these allegations came out, um, he, he, as the first time he'd really spoken out on behalf of the club, he came out and said they'd be played by the same rules um, of all the clubs in UEFA. Um in May last year, he came out and said that he's he's always asked um, them what's going on, and they've explained it to him, and he believes them. But he also said to them that if he found out that they were lying, he would leave. So where does that leave him as Man City manager?
4: Um, I, I think, again, he's in the holding pattern of waiting until the uh, the breaches are either proven or thrown out. Um, now, this can't be thrown out, by the way, by the Court of Arbitration for Sport, which oversees a lot of um, sporting Legalities around the world, um, the Premier League have, have set themselves aside from that, so that's why they're going to have the independent thing, and that's the that's the final decision. But back to Guardiola, I, I can't see him doing anything until anything has been proven. Um, and if it is proven, I've, yeah, I, he's he's come out and said it. So if he's a man of his word, and it is proven that they've done the wrong thing over a very long period of time. Mm. I'd be amazed if he didn't consider walking away. He's been there for a while, but he keeps on something re- re- like renewals at the club. He's had a really successful club they've won four of the last five titles. But yeah, this um, mud sticks though we, in a perception point of view. Um, so yeah, the, the players are going to walk into some hostile environments. Um, and as I said before, Pets going to walk into some hostile press conferences too.
1: While well, we've got you on, Adam, it would be remiss of us not to talk about the A-League, of course, Melbourne City, the uh, league leaders at the moment, not to get them confused with Manchester City in this conversation. The Wellington Phoenix, what have you thought of our boys so far this season?
4: I always like these games, and I thought, again, it, it, they flatter that's sometimes to deceive. They, that, they look to have that in the bag uh, the other night against Melbourne Victory, but a few things happen in a game, and they get to the end of the game, and they've they've not won it. So it's it's unfortunate um, because the style of football that Ophitele has been playing is is so good to watch. And a lot of young players have come through and, yeah, it's, it's impressive. I, I just don't think the results back up the ability of the, the side. Um, and maybe that's to do with the fact that they play for 70, not 90. I, I don't know the, the full detail. Um, but what I do know is that Uh, that they're difficult to play against for a lot of teams. And I I, I do hope in the second half of this season they can get on a run of results because they deserve to be playing finals football and and finishing high up. And I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to a Kiwi audience. They're one of the few teams, I'd I'd say along with Central Coast Mariners um, and Melbourne City, that I go, yeah, I I definitely want to watch a match involving them this weekend because they they play a style of football that makes you want to watch football.
1: Well, we love our boys and we do hope they come right towards the back end of the season and move up that ladder a little bit as well. Adam, it's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much uh, for giving us some sort of clarity on the situation that is going on at Manchester City at the moment.
4: Yeah, it's hard to make uh, make clear a a complete mess, but that's what it is. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you so much. Adam Peacock joining us there out of Australia, football expert and writer for Code Sport. It is a very, very messy and confusing situation, isn't it? Uh, But I liked, uh, simply put, uh, they've cooked the books. That is what's happened here. And it is a long and messy process. If the Premier League have taken five years to investigate this, they're obviously going to get charged with it, aren't they? Unless they've got better well, lawyers.
2: Well, they didn't last time. They got off it, right? So, like, I think um, all the headlines are maybe getting a little bit far ahead of them. There is, I mean, there's a lot more allegations this time around, right? Um, they've 100. taken four years, yeah.
1: Five years, come on. Like, they got,
2: yeah. They did get off last time, so I guess I guess we may be jumping the gun a little bit, but I guess... I guess at the end of the day, if they are found guilty, is this where we actually just say that Man City's actually, uh, and the Saudi group have actually betrayed football? Have they betrayed uh, the EPL, all the football fans around the world? Because, you know, we thought that this was a dynasty. They were playing by the the same rules as everybody else. Um, But apparently, uh, allegedly, they may not have been. So are they the biggest con artists of of football? I I guess um, we'll find that out soon.
1: Well, I... When I talked to Jacob about this, I compared them to the Melbourne storm. I mean, they did a similar thing, right? It's just that the financial gain mm. is nowhere near the sorts of money that the Saudis have been pumping in.
2: Yep. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so to a certain degree. Yep. Um, Manly. Yeah, but well, that was Your all like team? outside outside deals, right? There was outside deals here. There's been a lot of them. Cooking um, the books. Yeah, but this is coming from their own company, right? They were mm-hmm. getting external sponsors to, to pay cash um, to those guys or boats and all that kind of stuff. There was considerable amount of money in the NRL, but this is actually inside. it looks like an inside job. Um, what I have found interesting is what the actual penalties people are um, actually saying may be put in place um, this year in particular, a 20-point point reduction. relegation to the um, EFL Championship. Um, all the players' contracts terminated, um, previous titles stripped, and and to me that's a really interesting one, right? So the previous that, titles. Yeah, so um, Jacob may be able to correct me if I'm wrong, uh, and I'm sure you listeners out there will be able to correct me. I believe that would mean that Liverpool would uh, get three titles over that period of time and and Manchester United would be in the same boat. So there's been some cheeky texts come out. Uh, Lucas Lever, who played a couple of games with Liverpool, said, am I a Premier League champion now? <laughs> so that, it's just opened up a whole can of worms, right? And and that seems to be one of the things that they will go back and do, retrospectively change the, the Premier League uh league winner, which will be pretty crazy. It, it just won't feel the same. No, for, for I those mean, you teams didn't win it. for those teams. Yeah you didn't win it you right. You didn't win it. Maybe that's the only way Liverpool's gonna win the championship.
3: Well they winner. won it the other year. Wow, well, they one won year. the championship well, yeah, yeah. And I'm not a Liverpool supporter by the Karen way. Karen is that's what, we need a Karen here <laughs> just to wind him up. Yeah no well you're right I don't I'm not too sure the Premier League they they would strip the titles but I don't think they would award the, to the next they, team I, I just I don't know that doesn't seem like a thing the the Premier League would do um, maybe other sporting codes uh, I mean like what you were saying before Melbourne the Melbourne Storm. They uh, they were
1: stripped of their titles. Yeah, they were stripped, yeah. but they
3: weren't awarded to no. who they faced in the grand final. A really really you good don't point. Want it. Well, exactly. was it was it the bulldogs who started? Geez, what was the points
2: difference they started the next year with? Because I can't see them getting rid of Man City out of the whole comp, and I don't think anyone out there would imagine that Man City would go to um, the Championship League um, straight championship, from yeah. yeah to Championship. So um, maybe they do start with a, a ten point deficit. Um, I, what was the Bulldogs I think it was a four, four or six point deficit back when they got done so um, yeah um, maybe that's the case next year but again these things they're going to take it's a very take long time, time. And, and when you're paying that amount of money for players you've got a lot of money to spend in court
1: Yep, it is going to take a long time and get very, very messy, that is for sure. Well, uh, it is Teamless Tuesday today, and today we're talking about iconic musicians after the Grammy Awards uh, were held yesterday. So, who have you got? Who are the most iconic musicians of all time for you or iconic bands? 8833 is the number to text through on the and Bed Post text line. Get creative, get witty, pick out your favourite musos, bands. Front men, front women, uh, and tell us where they would fit, where they would slot into our first 15. The suggestions we've had so far, Pearl Jam at 10, Meatloaf a Hooker, Bruce Springsteen, the boss and captain, Dave Grohl and the Lucy's. They keep coming, thick and fast. We'll get back to your messages right after this. <laughs> We're getting back to your texts now. Thank you so much to everyone that has sent through a message today for Teamless Tuesday. Keep them coming our way on the Temperin Post text line. Or better yet, give us a call. 0800 five811 is the number to call on the Makita New Zealand phone line. Today's Teamless Tuesday, uh, we're talking iconic musicians and bands and where they would slot into a first 15. I haven't heard of this one, but Mitch, you may have. Hunters and Collectors at number seven. It's all in the name, Simon says. It's all in the name.
2: Yep, I understand that. Have you heard of Hunters and Collectors? Turnovers? Yeah, I like it. I like the name. No, I haven't actually. The Um, band? But I I understand the reference to the number seven, so... Geez, that's uh, that's not bad. Uh, good competition for Dave Grohl, that's for sure. Maybe AC/DC. seven and six.
1: And the forwards, we need some dirty deeds done. That yeah. is from Tim.
2: Who's the dirtiest player who's played for the All Blacks? We might
3: actually have to.
1: We uh, don't have any dirty players in the All Blacks, do we?
3: Richie, so Rich,
1: He's <laughs> Richie, not. you reckon? He's not. It was the, the other up would say Richie, right? The Wallabies would
3: say Richie.
2: Yeah, who is the dirtiest player? Because that might be the position for ACDC. So,
1: That's uh, a great question. Who do you think is the dirtiest player the All Blacks have ever had? Do, have we had one? Is it dirty if you get away with it? Or is it just clever? Mm. Clever. Is it just smart? Is it clever? People would say maybe Brody Retallick is, but maybe he's isn't just it, smart.
2: Is it an ACDC thing to do to piss on the field like Jerry Collins did?
1: Well, some ladies have done it too, haven't they? It? It's
2: a bit of rock and roll, isn't it?
1: It is a bit rock and roll. It yeah. is a bit rock and roll. Uh keep your messages coming through. Thanks for that one, Tim. A C D C. Greg says Ozzie Osborne at halfback. Yes. <laughs> yes. Back to reality. Greg <laughs> oh, is saying. Back I to his
2: communication wouldn't be great.
1: What do you think? It's Ozzy communi- Osborne at nine Who's partnered
2: with Pool mumbling? Jam at ten. Who's gonna hear him mumbling?
3: I've currently got Oasis at number nine. Oasis? Yeah, I mean, especially Liam Gallagher. Mm. I thought maybe the Gallagher brothers at... uh at 12 and 13 and, and Ken's
2: text like in it. and he agrees well Kim's uh, got,
1: Tim, Ken has got an entire team here you <laughs> want to run us through 1 to 15 what Ken has come up with he yeah. has thought long and hard about this and it's if got you've got a full 15 send it our way too a
2: few of these I, I don't know so I've got, uh, I've got Lars at uh, number 1 Vince Neal at 2 Jeff Labar at three, Simon LeBon at four, Meatloaf at five. Wow, that is Langer a position. short, that is a short, short, uh, yeah, uh, lock there, mate. So I'm not sure Meatloaf would go too good at five. Slash at six. Yep, I like it. I like it. That's, That's a great team, Ken. Slash is bloody good because that is Jerry Collins. So I reckon we're just locking in Slash <laughs> for Jerry Collins at number six. Thank you very much for that, Ken. That's outstanding. Uh, David Gilmore at eight. Sid Barrett at 9 Roger Walters at 10 Barry Manilow at 11 Ooh, yeah, I like it, I see where you're going there 12 and 13, he does have the Callagher brothers so Oasis, the Oasis midfield that's very good Davies Davies at 14 and right where he belongs right at the back of the pack Prince
1: He's the Prince He doesn't get touched at fullback Mm. That is a great team Ken, thank you so much for that message Keep them coming through as well Uh, Dirtiest all black that we've ever had no name. Richard Lowe, apparently.
2: Richard Lowe. Yep. There, okay. There can, you go. Like can you Jeez, argue with that?
1: Can you argue with that or have you got no, another got, suggestion? Back
2: in that era. That's where we've got to go. Yeah, uh, that's where we've got to go. I like We're going it. old school. Yeah.
1: We're going um, old we're school. Back
2: when rucking. It can't be anyone now, can it? It can't be anyone now. Let's go back when the rucking and the eye gouging was a real thing.
1: Was there anyone worse than Richard Lowe, do you think? Mm. Mitch is asking the question, who is the dirtiest all black? And one nomination says Richard Lowe, but it is up to you. Keep sending through your Teamless Tuesday texts as well. Iconic musicians, uh, iconic bands, who you would have in our Teamless Tuesday and whereabouts they're slotting in. This team is starting to come together nicely.
2: Yeah, it's coming together beautifully. And uh, Ken also wants to know uh, what well, my take is on the game tomorrow um, England versus our NZ development team with Kyle Plain. Cheers, Ken. Um, yep, yeah, uh, I think uh, it's interesting. You've got to be mindful of the fact that it's um, only picked out of the teams that are out of the Super Smash. So you've got the three teams that are still in the Super Smash finals, who whose players weren't in contention for this. So it's interesting. I, I know a few people have uh, in the past, uh, Hessen and that have spoken about Sean Solia. So he's going to be on show. Eddie Ashock, uh, Taran Nathula is his mentor, who's with the women uh, was with the women's 19s in Serafka He's got big wraps on Eddie Ashock as your next leg spinner uh, coming out of the traps. So Will young and Cole Jamieson, um, it's going to be great. Hopefully Cole gets through it. I really hope yeah. he does. Yeah. Really hope he does. We'll do don't because we because we need them back
1: absolutely absolutely uh, we want to talk more cricket with you right after this I want to talk about the coaching staff the Kiwis behind uh, this English test team that's right after News and Sport <ître Metallica: confiance> and <wisdom> Are we used to sing just
3: like
5: that la la la
1: la
0: la 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 So You're
1: listening to The Run Home. All thanks to Rotoflex by Blunston Stability Meets the Freedom to Move. Now, I just want to quickly chat to you about this mm. English side and their coaching lineup. Of course, we know Baz Brennan-McCullum is at the helm of it uh, after leaving his job here on The Breakfast Show to chase an incredible opportunity. Uh, Jeet and Patellas are also in there. Um, and another Kiwi has joined the mix. Anton Divsich has been added.
2: Yeah, he has been. Um, yeah, you've got Gene Patel there as well. Uh, Debbie's doing uh, from my understanding, just doing three weeks with them while they're here. Uh, he's part of the So why uh,
1: has Baz brought Dev Sitch in? Just
2: so the boys is gonna piss off a, a lot of uh, a lot of budding coaches around the country. But uh, no, he's uh, he does do work for uh, a few schools around. Like he's he's looking at getting into into the coaching, um, and he's just a workhorse. gets along. Um, I think when you're building a coaching setup, yeah, um, you want people who you know are going to say the same message as you. Um, and he's got he's very good friends with with uh, Devi as Bears, so um, he knows that he can trust him and around that group. Um, also, game at the Mount. So, Anton Devis has played for ND his whole career. So, uh, that's a ground he's played a lot of cricket at. Um, yeah. So, that's also a bonus as well. So, uh, local conditions. But yeah, he's, uh, he's good mates with them and, and he'll just be a workhorse for Bears. And probably he might even be I know Jeden Patel's probably been the, the skipper of the golfing team um, and organising all the golf courses around the country. I'd imagine Devi's now got that, uh, that role. Um, particularly his neck of the woods, Central central North Island. So he'll be uh, making sure everyone knows uh, what their tea times are.
1: What sort of impact can coaches actually have in cricket, aside from the head coach? Like yeah. the captain's making all the calls out yeah. on the field, isn't he? Mm. What impact does the coach have? What impact will, will Anton, will Jeeton have on this English side?
2: Well, Jeeton's there full time, right? So yeah. he's, he's the spin coach. So he has probably more of an opportunity to have a significant impact um, and I, and Danton Tondevich's situation, it'll be three weeks of him, three weeks of him keeping his head down and slinging and throwing balls at, at guys, so so they're ready to go. And when they need to talk to him about the conditions, mm. the local conditions, he'll be there as someone to lean on um, from that side of things. So mainly a workhorse. So it's um, a supporter. But a supporter, yeah. It's a supporting be- role. Yeah, it is. It is because, you, um, you know, it's it's quite an arduous task um, throwing balls to guys every day, you know. So the more hands on deck that they can have in that kind of setup, the, the better.
1: Very interesting. Mm. Very, very interesting. Uh, well, we won't wish our other Kiwis the best of luck, will we? Not when they're coming up against the Black Gaps.
2: No, 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 we won't. You're absolutely right. <laughs>
1: It'll be the one time
2: yep, the that we one don't support time. our Kiwis. The one time, yep. So, uh, got, oh, jeez, the text is still coming through. Jared agrees that uh, um, Lo is the king of low blows. <laughs> so there we go. Maybe. So he is. Yeah, Votes so he it, is. As voted by you. There we go. So, yeah, we need our you filthiest player. Our filthiest player, you know, filthiest band member, band, needs to be uh, where Lowy plays. So uh, we've also got props, um, Prince, Tui Teka and Troy Kingy.
1: A weak New Zealand flavour in there. Yeah,
2: love it, love it. I'm actually starting to change my mind. I don't think um, Prince would want to be at 15. I think he's out of the action a bit too much. So I think he would love to slot in at the back of the pack, number eight, I I believe. So he'll be uh, shoring up that scrum, getting some good go forward, uh, pushing that pack around the park.
1: What so. do you think? Double eight, double three. Let us know on the tempera and bid post text machine. But now is the time to grab your phones. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven on the Makita New Zealand phone line. Uh, we've jackpotted. We didn't give it away yesterday on the public holiday, so today we've got a $100 TAB bonus bet voucher up for grabs. So if you would like to be in to win, maybe you can put some money on Mitch's millions tips for the Super Bowl or maybe you've got some ideas of your own. Where would you put your money? Uh, now it is time to give us a bell on 0800 811 because we're playing Drive to Survive with Mitch, the kingmaker for today, right after this.
0: This
1: This is is Drive to Survive. Yes, it is. Drive to Survive today. We've got a $100 TAB bonus bet voucher, and you obviously all need a top-up in your TAB account because we're nearly full in the pen. Last chances to get in, to take on Mitch for the final time, and win yourself some money, thanks to our great mates. Are you giving it away, or are you going to jackpot?
2: Well, geez, it's bloody. It's a tough quiz. Is it a a tough quiz? say
1: we had a couple of... Yeah. Hard questions. Yeah, we did. Are our you last... giving clues today? Yeah. Or... Uh, our last
2: question well, was uh, obviously going to be our first one. Yeah, we can give some clues today. Yeah, we oh, will. you want to give it away? Yep, $100. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It could jackpot. You never know. never know.
1: Let's get into it.
2: Okay, we'll crack into it. Uh, we have Brad on the line. Brad, how are you, mate?
6: Yeah, not too bad.
2: How are we all? Yeah, bloody good. Bloody good for a Tuesday. Did you have a good uh, long weekend? Um, Long weekend, but it wasn't long enough. No, never is, is it? No, no. No, well, well. well that's right, we, we, get, we carry on. Hopefully we can make it a little bit shorter for you, mate. Uh, we'll get get into it. The last question of yesterday was, which South African T20 side does Jimmy Neesham play for in the South African T20 comp?
0: Oh, he took another absolute dreamer. Um.
2: <laughs> he did, he did. He's, uh, he's he up in Joburg. Oh, so there's two teams around that region. One in Pretoria. Uh, one is the, the Capitals. Yep. I'll that give you that. I'll you give you that. Dead. I'll give you that. He is from the Pretoria Capitals. Have we got sounds, sounds today? I've cursed you on sounds again. Okay, beautiful. First question oh. down Pretoria Capitals. Nice start, Brad. Good start. Which Premier League team is Gilbert Anoka joining as the mental skills coach? Uh, Chelsea. He is indeed mate. He is indeed. Um geez, that's huge, eh? That's massive. I'd love to know his pay packet for that. Uh can he save them? They're down Great in ninth yet. at the moment. Uh what do you reckon he's on? Oh
0: definitely six figures. Definitely uh,
2: six figures. More really than this hundred dollar cool. TAB bonus, bet, eh?
1: You could turn it into that. Just multi other storm.
2: Yeah, beautiful. All right, Brad, you're on. The, off to a fly, mates. Uh, name the Premier League club that has sacked their American manager.
0: Uh Leeds United.
2: And they have. You're a big football fan, are
0: you? Uh big Man
3: U fan.
2: Are you? There we go. Yeah. So, so you know your footy. That's great, mate. Fantastic start.
1: What do you think of Man City and the sort of cheating that's been going on? Oh, Manchester team.
2: Great to see. Great to see. <laughs> long, long,
6: time, long time coming. I've been investigating for ten years. And
2: why did they do it ten years? Ago? <laughs> yeah, true, before <laughs> of all, all the titles, eh, hey, mate? All the titles, mate. You're flying. Lap one. Last question: Which team has traded Kyrie Irving? Which team? Which team has traded for Kyrie Irving? So where is he going to end up? Odd. I've, oh I've traded for uh, Dallas. They have indeed, mate. No they have indeed. Needed. Hey? No clues needed. I oh, know. What a start. What a start. This is where it gets difficult. Kiwi footballer Marko Stamenic. Stamenic? Stamenic. Marko Stamenic, Kiwi footballer, has joined which Serbian club? Geez, if you know this, mate, you're an absolute legend.
0: Uh, what,
6: what country
2: was it? Uh They've Serbia. gone to Serbia. He's gone to Serbia.
6: Oh, I know he was at
0: Copenhagen, but that was a good game. Um, yeah, now it's past
2: it. <laughs> Hard luck, brother. Hard luck. Okay. That was a bloody good start. Great right start. All right. the way through lap number one. Uh, Tim, Tim, how are you, mate? You're crack at it. Uh, with Kiwi footballer Marco Stemenich has joined which Serbian club? Uh, the Red Star Belgrade. Right? He has indeed, mate. He has indeed. So we will get on to question number two of lap number two. Red Rose's coach, Simon Middleton, has announced he'll be stepping down as head coach of, uh, head coach of England. England after which competition? Uh, the World Cup. Oh. No, he's not. He's not, Tim. He's not, unfortunately. Adam. You're cracking it, mate. Red Roses coach Simon Middleton has announced he'll be stepping down as head coach of England after which competition?
6: Uh, the little ladies' Six Nations.
2: That is Adam. Oh, there's that voice. There's that voice we like. Well done, Adam. Laugh <laughs> number two. Question number three. You're almost there. Where are the New Zealand eleven taking on the English squad in a warm-up for the first test?
6: Ooh, uh, Hamilton.
2: They are indeed, mate. Nice little stab in the dark oh. there. Would make sense being that close to the Mount, wouldn't it? Uh, and Anton Devistich's yeah, well, hometown.
6: Yeah,
2: it's isn't it? Yeah, it is. he yeah, is right, which Queenstown doesn't have lights. So great guess, mate. Great guess. Lap number three, you're on to the final question, and Kirsty will disown you, and maybe don't ring back to her show if you get this one wrong, her favourite artist. Who won Album of the Year at this year's Grammys? Wouldn't have a clue, but we'll
6: go with Beyonce.
1: Well, you know, that wasn't a silly guess, was it? Because she basically won everything else and has become a record holder. Wasn't a silly guess.
2: Damn, that was so close, Adam, so close. Uh, Wow, it's jackpotted. It is jackpotting. $150 tomorrow for Beaver to give away uh, on Drive to Survive. How outstanding is that? Um,
1: Did you get into the Grammys? Did you know the answer to this?
2: I've seen all the memes. Um, There was a great meme of a picture of a rock um, mm. and a, a, like a Dell oh, Laptop. Oh, they
1: met for the first time. Yeah, Dell and the Rock so met for the
2: first time. Great and means. he said hello. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bloody funny. Um, but yeah, um, am I allowed to give away the answer for tomorrow?
1: <laughs> oh, if you like.
2: Yeah, uh, Harry Styles picked up for me. You're not up, a fan of me.
1: Harry, are you? No, you are. It's yeah, just, I he's saw not, him at Coachella. Not,
2: yeah, yeah, I know. That was a, That's why you went. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, but he he won, and and there was a bit of, con- yeah, like you say, a bit of controversy, right? Because Beyonce had picked up everything else. And- yeah,
1: history maker, the greatest uh, Grammy artist in history, mm. the most most Grammy most Grammy awards of all time. No will surpass it. And so this is why today's Teamless Tuesday is music theme, Grammys theme, because we want to know from you who your favourite artists are, your favourite music icons, and where they would slot into a Teamless Tuesday today. We've had some amazing nominations. Uh, We've got a great team, but we can always fit more in. So keep your nominations coming. Meatloaf has been such a popular option. Do you like him in the second row, or do you like him in the front row?
2: Um... I like him in the front row. Yeah, I like him in the front row. I like him at hooker. We've had four or five texts. Craig is texting, and he said he wants meatloaf at hooker as well. So that's outstanding. Uh, oh, there's a few suggestions yeah.
1: for the referee.
2: So uh, the referee's there. Few Stevie Wonder
1: for referee, maybe.
2: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Far out. Oh, yeah, we wouldn't have lost that World Cup. Uh, no, I guess... He is Wayne Barnes, isn't he? He'd be the Wayne Barnes of uh, of the, the referees, wouldn't he? Wouldn't be able to see that forward pass, that's for sure. Uh, we also had uh, Ed Sheeran at number 10 from Paul because best teams have their gingers at number 10. Uh, well, that's not true. The Blues have Finlay Christie at nine. At nine mm. So he could go and nine Robinson, or 10. Tom Robinson,
1: they've got two gingers.
2: Yeah, okay, Tom Robinson, there we go.
1: Uh, who else is there? Oh, the other gingers in New Zealand rugby.
2: Uh,
3: well, yeah, if
1: Paul you're going Tito, back, Paul Tito, of course. Of Paul course, Tito, course. Yep, yep. Who is with the Blues as well yeah, okay. uh, as an assistant coach. Yep. So they've got a few. Blues are
3: stacking them up, eh? They've
1: got quota This up.
2: could be uh, your Teamless Tuesday next week, uh, the whole team of, of gingers.
1: It's a great idea.
2: It's a great that, idea.
1: Look, Write that down and we will take that next week. That will be next week's Teamless Tuesday. Shane McGowan has been voted to organise the post-match drinks from Paul Fleetwood at Lock. He's a metre 95 and Ed Sheeran at 10. Jesus, is he said. that tall? Must be.
2: Crazy. Yeah, we'll take him at lock then. Yeah, like it better Here than meatloaf. Could you imagine meatloaf and mm. Mick uh, paired up? And yeah, no, no du- go.
1: <laughs> double eight, double three on the temper and bed text line. Get your nominations, and after six o'clock, we're going to name that team list Tuesday. Our first fifteen. 1 to 15, we want to know. We want referees, we want coaches, uh, we want the post-match committee. There'll Mm. be no shortage of anthem singers and and, and a music committee Mm. in this team, but get your nominations in. We're looking to fill a full team for Teamless Tuesday today, Iconic Musicians.
2: Welcome back into The Run Home with Kirsten B. Today you've got myself, Mitch, joining the lovely Kirsty talking everything sport today. And, and another big piece of news that's come out of the UFC over the last couple of days is Dana White had uh, a matchup that he's really looking forward to.
5: For UFC 287, the main event is Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya in a rematch for the UFC middleweight title. The co-main event is Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal a fight that would be great anywhere, but I'm always talking about big destination fights and we are going back to Miami. At the Miami Dade Arena, Miami, we are back. Plus, we just confirmed the coaches for season 31 of The Ultimate Fighter. Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler will go head to head as the coaches of The Ultimate Fighter, Team McGregor versus Team Chandler. This season premieres Tuesday, May 30th, and runs through Tuesday, August 15th on ESPN The Network and ESPN+. Plus. Then, at the end of the season, McGregor and Chandler will fight live on ESPN Plus pay-per-view, and I do not have a date or a location for that, but we will announce it soon.
2: Mm, so huge news out of the UFC. Uh, Israel Adesanya is going to be running it back against Pereira. What a fantastic fight that was the first time round. That's going to be UF 287 in April the 8th in Miami. Geez, that'll be a hell of an after party if, <laughs> as he gets up. And, and the, the news at the end there was that McGregor and Michael Chandler. McGregor, are, they're going to be the coaches of the the ultimate fighter, um, little competition that they have. And they're going to fight at the end of it. Uh, McGregor's going to come down to welterweight, and and Chandler's going to come up. Uh, so it's going to be an incredible fight. If all Kiwi UFC, UFC fans will know mm. uh, when Chandler came across from Ballator, which is the competing competition to the UFC, his first fight was against Dan Hooker, and he absolutely smoked him. So this man can fight. So at the is end. your money of- on? Uh, oh, Chandler's a beast. He You're is a beast. Channeling. McGregor's been on the roids, so he's going to have to cut a lot of weight. Uh, so that'll be interesting. But we do have Mike Gill out mm. of uh, ESPN in the States on the East Coast there. And and he covers all of that kind of stuff. He's also a UFC commentator as well. So we're going to talk a little bit of NFL, see what he thinks about uh, the Adesanya fight and obviously the return of Conor McGregor back into the ring. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most out of those two fights? Adesanya?
1: Conor well, McGregor? I don't really watch UFC. I'm forced to watch it uh, when my fiance sits down on Sundays. But yeah, I watch our Kiwi boys go.
6: Perfect, perfect.
2: Well, right after the break, join us with Mike Gill.
1: This is the run home on ECNZ. all thanks to Rotaflex by Blunston Stability Meets the freedom to move don't forget if you haven't already entered our valentine's day competition we've got some amazing giveaways for your loved ones so you can get uh, get in the good books If you've got some making up to do or if you just want to bank one, get in the good books, all thanks to Celebration Box. They deliver gift boxes, flowers and sweet treats nationwide. Jump onto their website if you'd like to see what they do, celebrationbox.co.nz. Otherwise, go on our website, ECNZ, under the win page and get in the draw to win one of four gift boxes for Valentine's Day. It is not too far away now, uh, seven days until Valentine's Day the 14th. You wouldn't be much of a romantic, would you, Mitch?
2: (laughs) Why do you say that?
1: Well, Beaver's not. He never gets anything for Alex. So are you any different?
2: Uh, Well, yeah, might be this year. What are you going to do? Celebration books? Likely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Unfortunately
1: for you, Mitch, you can't enter the competition. But go and have a look online because they've got some great things. And you can get on the good books as well.
2: Perfect. Yep, need to be there. That's for sure. There That's you go. For sure. Bank them up. Bank those brownie points <laughs> exactly. up.
1: Exactly. You've got to bank them. Mm. Uh, coming up on the makers menu, thanks to Mick Delivery, we've got Mike Gill, who's an American sport expert who works for ESPN, coming on very, very shortly. Uh, we're going to name teamless Tuesday. After we catch up with the Canterbury Kings coach, Peter Fulton, as well. That is the Maker's menu, thanks to Mick Delivery. Uh, but first, let's just get to the text line. We've got a lot of texts in here. We need to mm. get through them before we actually name this Teamless Tuesday. Ray Charles in the bunker. So, Stevie Wonder has been voted as the referee. Ray Charles in the bunker.
2: Yeah, good stuff. Cheers, Nige. Thanks for that, mate. There wouldn't be any uh, stoppages. No, uh, that's a that's a really good one actually from you there, <laughs> Nodge. Uh good wit. I like it. That's outstanding. Um, hey guys, what about Bob Dylan to sing the anthem? That's from Justin and Palmy. I really like that. That's the yeah considering we're going to be on home ground here in New Zealand, a uh, really good one as well. Jared's text through, he said, I uh, grew up in Marlborough and spoke to rugby players who played against Lowy and local club rugby, uh, and his reputation with low blows, let alone international games, was rife in that community. So uh, it wasn't just uh, the... The filthiest rugby player at international level, which uh, I think is great. But Troy Flavel's come in here as well.
1: He's been nominated, uh, he? Hasn't? has
2: been nominated as the filthiest rugby player. Has so, to be up there. Has to be up there. He does We've have got to be up names. there. We've got two names. Yeah, we do. And, and Doug's texted in. He said um, the Sex Pistols need to be on the wing because the sexiest man to ever play for the All Blacks was Doug Howlett. Uh, that's not you, the real Doug Hallett, is it? Uh, we may have to give you a call after the show and just double-check that's not the real Doug Hallett. Or we can have Luke Wright up, who's actually his uh, brother-in-law, who yeah, we had who on we the had show on yesterday. yesterday. So. If you
1: missed that interview as well, go check it out. Luke Wright, uh, who, of course, is a bit of a legend in England. Mm. Uh, he played in the international scene for nearly a decade uh, and is now a selector with England. Jump on our ECNZ app or Spotify or Apple and listen back to that interview. Uh, but what about some of these other bands? The cure,
2: the cure, yeah, the cure would be uh, fantastic, wouldn't they? For well, maybe the hydration, maybe
3: your physio, your the doctor, team. team doctor,
2: the medical um, team. Jacob, what could the cure be for me?
3: Well, I was thinking the uh, spark plug off the bench. Ooh, could be the cure. You're you're uh, losing the game. The yeah. game's about to end. So, what kind of players he like? Oh, possibly. Damien McKenzie. Oh, Beeve would love the that you said that. He'd love that you said that, mate.
1: <laughs> no, D mac would be starting in his team. Oh, yeah,
3: okay. he would be, actually. Yeah,
1: yeah. He wouldn't be coming right. off the bench. That's the problem with the one eyed Beeve. Mm. Okay,
2: classic. And Emily's text through, she said that she wants the Stooges to be both positions in the locks in the, in the back row there. So, the Stooges. Uh, the Stooges is very good. Thanks for that, Emily. Uh, another first time text. Outstanding stuff. We're getting a few today, Kirst.
1: Keep them coming as well. Double eight, double three on the temper and bed post text line. Last chance to to get your nominations in for our Teamless Tuesday today. If you missed what the topic is, today we are naming... Our first 15 of iconic musicians, iconic bands, iconic artists. Let us know Meat Loaf has had a ton of votes. Pearl Jam, Bruce Springsteen, Dave Grohl, the Gallagher Brothers. We have had all sorts today. Prince, Prince Tui Teka as well. We've had a bit of Kiwi flavour in there. Keep firing through your votes, your nominations, and we will name that teamless Tuesday very, very shortly. Well, Mitch, uh, The Run Home, we've covered all sorts of topics since you've been filling in for Beeve, and today we get to talk American sports, and there is no better guy to speak about American sports than Mike Gill. He's the host of the Sports Bash on ESPN. Go and look it up online, and you can follow Mike Gill on Twitter as well. He talks all things Philadelphia sport, the Eagles, the Sixers, the Flyers, plus so much more, and we're very lucky to have him on the program just six days out from Super Bowl. Mike, how are you feeling? What, What are the weeks or the one week leading up to Super Bowl actually like?
0: Oh, man, it is a crazy time. The two-week waiting period, it really adds to it, you know, uh, that extra week where it's like, all right, I just want to play the game. You kind of get paralysis by analysis, uh, especially, you know, when your team is in it. You know, we cover the Eagles. We're the Eagles station. And, uh, you know, everybody's kind of ready for this thing to go. But as I'm sitting here watching uh, the opening night interviews and everything, it kind of hits you that, you know, hey, there's only two teams left standing.
2: Yeah, there is You're right. Uh, the two teams left standing, obviously the Chiefs and your Eagles, mate. Um, during the regular season, 42-30 uh, to 30 on the wrong side of it, mate. Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdowns. Uh, look, there's been no doubt that the Eagles are scoring points. They're, they've been phenomenal putting 31 points against the thir- 49ers last week. But how are you going to shut down Mahomes, mate?
0: Well, I'll tell you this. The Eagles, um, their defense has been the number one team against the pass. What they're really good at is they had a historic season in sacking the quarterback. So uh, I think they can try to get to Mahomes with four Uh, with four pressure and then you know drop back in coverage they've been the number one team against the pass all year so that's going to be a pretty interesting storyline can the eagles get to patrick Mahomes? last week the bengals could not do it now in that game They only scored 23 points in that game. So it's not like they were going up and down the field. I think the Eagles defense is probably a little bit better than the Bengals are. So if the Eagles right now, Hassan Reddick would be the guy for everybody to watch out there. So when you're watching this game, remember number seven, Hassan Reddick. He has been unbelievable. He was the... Uh, NFL Defensive Player of the Month for the month of December. He had two sacks in three straight games. He has two and a half sacks in these playoffs, and he could be a real difference maker. And to answer your question, how do they stop him? Hassan Reddick would be the answer.
2: Hassan Ah, Reddick. Okay. Remember Remember the the name. name. (laughs) That's it. Kirst, you've got it. You've got it. Oh, that was one of my questions for you. I mean, outside of Jalen Hurts, who are the biggest people to watch? Um, Obviously, um, Hassan Reddick is one of them. Are we looking at likes of Miles Sanders and A.J. Brown as being the next biggest threats for the Eagles?
0: Well, A.J. Brown, yeah, he, he would be their top receiving, but Devonta Smith has been a, a big target for them as well. So the two receivers, and then you got Dallas Goddard as the tight end. Uh, he's one of the better tight ends in the league, but he's kind of under the radar, especially in this game, because Travis Kelsey is on the other side, but Miles Sanders, they've been using Kenny Gainwell. Uh, he's the third running back, but he's been being used a lot here uh, in these playoffs. He's got some extended play, but really, when you talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, it's not the sexiest conversation but their offensive line is the best in the league. And that's why they're here. They have the best, what they would call in the trenches here in the States, in the trenches, they are the best. And that is where they really separate themselves from a lot of these teams is they just absolutely wear you down with their offensive line. So offensively, that would be a big advantage. I think for Philadelphia is they use their offensive line to run the ball. San Francisco couldn't stop them two weeks ago. I think Kansas City's going to have a tough time at it as well.
1: Mike, you mentioned the fact that you are the station for the Eagles, so you must know these players inside and out and getting them on your show all the time, of course. Are there players that you want to do well in the final, ones with those incredible backstories that that you could put your finger on?
0: Well, there's some really cool stories. Number one, Jason Kelsey, uh, his brother, Travis Kelsey, plays for Kansas City. Jason plays for the Eagles. And this is possibly his last game ever. Uh, He is 35 years old. He's hinted at retiring the last couple of years. He's an uberly popular player here. The last time the Eagles won the Super Bowl, he was on that team. So we could be possibly looking at his last game ever. So that's a pretty cool story. Then there's Jordan Mailata, uh, the Australian rugby player who – never him. played organized right he never played organized football ever uh they found him they brought him to the states and taught him how to play and he's now uh, the starting left tackle in the super bowl what a story right coming from australia to be the starting left tackle uh for the eagles so that's an unbelievable story and then on the defensive side of the ball just to kind of throw it they have a ton of free agents so this could be a bunch of players playing their last game uh, for the Eagles but one would be Brandon Graham he has the biggest play in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles he had that strip sack against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl uh, five years ago uh, where he stripped Tom Brady the Eagles recovered it and they won that game 41 to 33 this could be his last game as a Philadelphia Eagle as well he is also a free agent at the end of the year
2: Geez that's huge, Um, a lot of things to play for. Um, I guess my question to you mate, um, you've been watching the games very very closely, Jalen Hurts, uh, how fit is he? The last 3 or 4 games he's really avoided going into contact with that shoulder injury, are we expecting him to run the ball a bit more this week?
0: Yeah, in fact, I was literally watching him right before you guys uh, had me on here, and he said he's good to go and he's going to let it all out there. I mean, he injured that shoulder back on December 18th, so we're looking at – over you know about two months that he has been uh past that injury I think he's you know you're gonna see everything from Jalen uh he threw the ball well last week but he seemed a little off um but the run game has been a little bit different for him he did have a series in the 49er game where he ran the ball pretty exclusively for one series and ended up scoring a touchdown so I think you'll end up seeing Jalen Uh, be a big factor in this game with his legs uh, because Kansas City, you know, I think they're, I don't think they're going to try to blitz him all that much. I think they're going to, you know, try to sit back um, and try to get pressure with four. That's kind of what they like to do, but I definitely think Jalen hurts will, uh, you know, have a big game because we haven't seen him run all that much. So this could be one of those games where he finally feels comfortable and starts taking off.
2: Well, I'm excited for you, mate, because um, when, he, when he runs the ball, he's so dynamic, right? He um, It's just another threat, another string to the bow for the Eagles. Uh, look, I know you cover a lot of the commentary, uh, uh, the commentary of the games. I see CBS has the Super Bowl next year, not this year, but next year. Tony Romo, I know you're probably sick of talking about him, but he's in the news all the time. Um, when he came into the game, the commentary game, I thought he was outstanding. Uh, what's happened, mate? Why is everyone up in arms with Tony Romo?
0: It's a great question. It's been a big topic over here because Romo did. He kind of set the standard. He got paid twenty million a year, and that kind of set this whole uh, domino effect of all these broadcasters changing stations and getting big dollars. And a lot of people wonder: Did the money kind of you know hold him back? Does he not prepare all that much? Uh, does he not watch the film? Some people have suggested, you know, hey, he's been out of the league for seven years now. Has the game changed on him so much? Uh, What he used to be really good at was he'd see the play and kind of call it out. Hey, watch here, Jim. They're going to do it to the left. Well, teams have kind of changed their offenses. Is he not studying the film? Is he not kind of looking, uh, you know, doing the preparation that, you know, you need to do to get prepared? You know, these broadcasters, they sit and watch a lot of film. They look for tendencies. They look for trends. And that has been a big topic of conversation Uh, for Romo and what happens with him because he does have a long-term deal with CBS. So they're kind of stuck into a very odd spot moving forward if he doesn't continue to progress. Uh, In fact, there's been some reports that uh, the the CBS um, executives have met with him and, and let them know him know that they're not happy with his performance. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye on where that goes. Well,
2: it's one of the things New Zealanders love talking about is the refs when we watch rugby here. So I imagine it's just the same in the States. So we'll watch that with interest, mate. Um, look, I just want to touch on the 76ers. Um, you talked about is is Romo doing the process or following the process, organizing himself, understanding the game, how it's changed? I've always been told with the 76ers trust the process. Is the <laughs> process starting to come together with Joel Embiid since he's been drafted? Is this the best side that he's had since he's been with the 76ers?
0: This is probably the best Sixers team since Joel has been drafted. This team here is probably their best shot. They had the team with Jimmy Butler a couple of years ago, but that team wasn't very deep. They had a very good starting five, but when they went to the bench is when they got into some problem. This is probably their best shot. Joel Embiid is playing at an MVP level again. Uh, James Harden probably should have been an all-star. He's having a really good year. Tobias Harris is a very good third piece. Maxie. Is a very young, uh, energetic player. So, this is the best Sixers team. The problem is they still have a couple of holes, and Boston's probably better than them. Milwaukee's probably better than them. Now, Brooklyn just made that huge trade where Kyrie Irving went to uh, Mm -hmm. Dallas the other day. I think that kind of stepped. Uh, Brooklyn back so I think it's a three team race with the Sixers probably the third team in the Eastern Conference but definitely good enough to get there but Joel Embiid I mean he is a pleasure to watch I don't know how much you guys get to see him over there but when you if you get the opportunity to watch a 7 foot 2 guy play basketball like a guard he, he is unbelievable.
1: Mike the Kyrie story's been massive over here as well is it a good move for the Mavs what will it do for them?
0: Oh, I think this is a bizarre move for the Mavs. I I just don't understand what Mark Cuban's thinking and okay in this deal. I mean, Kyrie has let every single team down. Uh, He doesn't play any defense. Dallas's problem has been defense. Luka is not a great defensive player as well. You put those two guys together on the floor. I just don't see where they get stops. I mean, they might be entertaining to watch on offense, but is Kyrie going to show up? He needs a contract. I mean, that's why he wanted out of Brooklyn. Uh, That Brooklyn thing has to be the biggest disappointment Mm -hmm. in NBA. One of the biggest disappointments in NBA history. We never got to see that team ever together. Mm -hmm. It just totally turned into a circus over there. But I don't see how this Mavericks thing works out either. I just don't see them getting stops on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, will Kyrie Kyrie be committed to, to this team? He hasn't been committed to Cleveland. He wasn't committed to Boston. And he wasn't committed in Brooklyn. What makes us think he's going to be committed in Dallas?
2: Yeah, you make that kind of trade thinking that, like, you've got him for half a year and hopefully he takes you to a finals. But like you say, defense may let them down on that side. Hey, mate, I know you follow the UFC as well. Um, what are you looking forward to the most, the rematch between Adesanya and Pereira at, in uh, April the 8th in Miami? Or, or are you excited about this uh, Conor Connor McGregor versus Chandler <laughs> matchup that's going to hopefully take place in the, later in the year as well?
0: Uh, I am over Conor McGregor. I am done with the McGregor (laughs) stuff. Adesanya is a guy I actually have called a fight of his in the past. I love watching him. He was a guy in CFFC, which is some of the fights that I have called. um, I called those fights a couple of years ago, and Adesanya started off down there. I think he is one of the most entertaining guys to watch. So uh, that fight is, is definitely... Um, Yeah, McGregor stuff. I am uh, past McGregor. I am done with watching Mm -hmm. McGregor. It's amazing to me if people are still interested in watching those fights there, but – uh, I, I definitely would be more intrigued by Adesanya and, and watching, you know, the, the rest of this year too. I mean, that weight class—if he wins that fight—I mean, what happens next for him? I think uh, would be will, will be really cool um, as we start the twenty twenty three year off. So, uh, definitely an Adesanya f- uh, fan over watching what's going on with McGregor, that whole thing with McGregor—the the, the fight that he's setting up with the guy who's from the show. I mean. I don't know who's going to watch that, but they'll get people to watch it, I'm sure. <laughs>
2: they will, mate. And we love to hear that you're all all for the Adesanya fight being Kiwis down here, mate. Hey, um, I know another city that's got a bit of personality like, well, I won't say like Conor McGregor, but Philly, have they started greasing the lamppost yet?
0: <laughs> They've been greasing them a lot here recently. I mean, the Phillies were in the World Series, and then the Eagles are back uh, in the Super Bowl. Uh, the grease didn't seem to work. Uh, there were people up the poles. In fact, a bunch of people got up on top of the bus stop here. The roof of the bus stop fell in. And hey, listen. When Philadelphia wins, it's a great place to celebrate. The uh, fans there are so passionate. They make news a lot for some of the things that they do, but, man, it is just a place that loves their sports teams and having the Eagles back in the Super Bowl, it's a pretty cool time to be in Philadelphia.
1: Well, you're very lucky, Mike, and we're very lucky to have had you on. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge on all things American sport with us.
0: Ah, absolutely. Anytime. Enjoyed it.
1: And Hassan Riddick, we've got his name written down in lights. you watching.
0: <laughs> you, by the way, Reddick is a Temple uh, alum too. So he's a Philly. He went to high school in Camden, New Jersey, which is right across the river. He went to college at Temple and now he's back at Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. There's another cool story.
1: Very good. Well, we have to be Phillies fans now, don't we? And with Jordan Mailata especially. Thank you so much for your time, Mike, and enjoy it. Enjoy awesome. Super Bowl next week.
0: All right. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it.
1: You Sam saying- Well, there's no better person to catch up with uh, all things going on stateside than Mike Gill. He's got your dream job. If you weren't working for ECNZ, but surely ESPN is the next best thing. Did you enjoy that?
2: Yeah, bloody good, actually. Uh, talking about the Super Bowl this week, and hopefully uh, you and Beef can get someone on later in the week to talk the Chiefs, um, get that side of the story, because that's going to be a massive, massive game on Monday. Uh, so, But there was a curtain raiser this weekend with the All-Stars game as well.
1: Yeah, and the two coaches that went head to head were the two brothers Eli and Peyton Manning. It was Eli that came out on top.
5: It's official. You can't you can't doubt it. I am the greatest coach of the Mannings. I'm so much better at coaching than Peyton's unbelievable. The NFC won. The guys bought in. They played awesome. Uh, There's too many too many good players and uh, to name an MVP. The whole NFC gets uh, gets the MVP this year.
1: Look, it's a great title to have. The greatest coach of mm, the Mannings. Mm.
2: Their um, watch parties together are bloody hilarious. <laughs> they're, they're actually so funny. They're so great. So I uh, really enjoy that as well. And, and obviously we've spoken about Kyrie Irving. He's been big news around the, around the traps. And, and LeBron tweeted out um, saying that maybe it's me and maybe this is what it was about.
1: Well, because well, he wanted definitely. to go to the Lakers, right?
2: Yeah, he wanted Kyrie to go to the Lakers. So he got interviewed about that as well.
5: Well, definitely disappointed. I can't sit here and say I'm not disappointed on not being able to land such a talent, but someone that I had great chemistry with and know I got great chemistry with on the floor that can help you win, um, you know, championships in my, in my mind, in my eyes. Um, but my focus is shifted now. Um, my focus has shifted back to where it should be. And that's this, that's this club now. And what we have in the locker room- That's guys, a, quick it's pivot, a, it's a quick pivot, LeBron. Quick pivot. It don't take me long.
1: Would Kyrie have saved the Lakers? He hasn't done it at the <laughs> Brooklyn Nets. And as uh, Mike Gill says, uh, which team has he had a big impact on?
2: Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. I look at like I'd imagine Kyrie still wants to win championships, right? So the Mavs are, are kind of in the hunt. Um, Luka Doncic is, is an outstanding player. He's probably just hoping that they're going to be able to score more points. They're sitting in sixth in the Western Conference and, and the Lakers are all the way down in 13th. So maybe it's going to a, a side that he sees maybe playing some playoffs this year.
1: Very good. Well, keep your messages coming through for Teamless Tuesday. We've had a message from James, Kevin Bloody Wilson at number nine, just for the <laughs> chat. Uh, and from 10. <laughs> Listening to The Run Home, all thanks to Mick Delivery. Great to have you joining us today for this Tuesday. Team List Tuesday today. But for now, we head down to Christchurch to catch up with the coach of the Canterbury Kings, Peter Fulton, who will be ecstatic after yesterday. Peter, great to have you joining us on the programme. At the start of the day, you were sitting third on the Super Smash ladder. You absolutely smashed the vaults and ended up in first place with a home final this Saturday. How good. What did you say to the guys?
6: Oh look, we were a little bit disappointed. We played Otago in the the previous game at Hagley, um, and yeah, and and we lost. So that yeah, that, as you as you sort of explained, that meant we had to win the last game to be be assured of a, a short of a place in the in the semis, and and a, and a win we get a home final. So yeah, just tried to I guess you know have a short memory, um, <laughs> put the loss behind us, and and yeah, try and try and put a better performance out in the park, and um, yeah, we we, we we certainly did that.
2: Yeah, talking about having a short memory faults at the start of the season. You got off to a nice start with an early win. Then you went on a streak of three losses. As as the coach, uh, what's your role in trying to keep the group together after a poor start?
6: Uh, I mean, I guess, mate, as you know, T Twenty is a pretty pretty fickle game, and it can easily be, you know, a game can easily easily be won by, you know, someone in the opposition having a great day mm. or. Um, or a couple of guys in, in your own team, you know, maybe not firing. So, just tried to just tried to stay positive, keep uh, reminding guys to be aggressive. Um, yeah, like I said, it's it's sometimes easy to say and and hard hard to do as a player when you when you're not winning. But um, yeah, we sort of rode through that period. Started to started to play some good cricket, got some confidence, and yeah, again. As you know, mate, once you once you start getting some confidence, then anything can happen.
2: Yeah, you're right, mate. And I guess you did have a lot of young guys who are coming into the setup who have been around for for a little while around Canterbury cricket and uh, who started getting some game time. You got on a really nice streak, mate. You got a four win four win win streak um, going. That game in Wellington, where where folks O'Rourke and McKenzie really stood up with the ball at a, ta- a place that can be really difficult to go and play. You must have been super proud. And and was that the turning point of of the season you think oh
6: uh, yeah I think so I mean we, we've got yeah we've got I think four guys who are or uh, well, three guys who are 20 or 21 and um, Angus McKenzie's only 22 23 so yeah, the, I guess the bulk of our um, our pace bowling attacks already young um, mm-hmm. and yeah I guess at the start of the season we probably might have looked in that area and thought Geez, you might we might find it a little bit tough here with Six guys away, in um, Pakistan and India yeah, with the Black Caps, but mm. yeah, they've been they've been superb, and I think probably just shows sometimes the um, you know the benefit of having young guys. They haven't, you know, they almost don't know what they don't know. Um, yeah. They sort of go out there and just play with play with no fear, and they haven't sort of been been scarred too much, um, you know, with the ball, which can happen in T20. So yeah, it's been really pleasing to see, and yeah, they've been a massive part of you know, the success we've had.
1: Paddy, you've been in a number of finals. Now, tell us why this year is different. Tell us why this year is the king's year.
6: Yeah, wow. Well, um, good question. I mean, I think I think playing at home, yeah, you know, is a is a big advantage. Um, yeah, look, we you know we're used to playing at Hagley. It's a big ground, um, big boundaries. The ball, the ball generally swings there. There's plenty of plenty of pace and bounce. So, yeah, I guess we're hoping that that'll be something you know that we're I guess familiar with mm. um, the conditions and mm. yeah, whether it, whether it ends up being Northern Districts or a Targo, um, yeah. Hopefully that's that's something that can play in our favour. Do you have
1: a preference on who you want to play?
6: Oh no, nah, I mean, look, it's probably. I think at this stage it's probably a little bit up in the air with yeah. with the ND and Otago. I mean, they've both got they both had both got some some guys returning from that Black Caps tour of India, so yeah but you know who who knows what, what will happen then who who knows who will turn up on the day? Mm. Um, so like I said we, we'll worry about that once we once we see who wins on Thursday.
2: Um, really good that you mentioned that. they've got a few guys coming back from that tour. Who joins your side? Are you just expecting Henry Shipley back or a few of the test guys with a a week's time in between that first test? Are they going to run out for you guys on the weekend?
6: No, no, I think um, I think of the guys who are overseas, Henry Shipley, the only one who might possibly play. Mm. Um, he, he was he was a bit crook when he got back. There's a few of them picked up a bug. Uh, I think on the last day, basically the last day of the tour, when they had that last T20 game. So he was a little bit crook for a few days. Um, so he's the only one that had potentially come back. All the all the other guys um, are involved in that. You know, they're in that test squad to play England. And I think after being away, sort of over Christmas and away from the family mm-hmm. for a while, um, yeah, that they, they've, they've they've all been, I guess, um, yeah made unavailable so they can sort of prepare for the testing at England, which, you know, that's mm. quite, for me, that's actually, I mean, I'd you know, i love to have them there, but it's quite nice just Makes knowing it easy. that you're going to go into a team, yeah, with a settled, settled side, everyone knows mm. their roles, and, and the guys that have, I guess, played a big part in getting us there are going to, going to get to play in the final.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, because uh, maybe someone who might have missed out who was a champion in that last game against Otago was Kim McClure, 60 out of 42. But the guy I really want to talk about is Chad Bowers. He's been sensational for you guys for, for some period of time. He scored 52 off 32 yesterday, helping along with Kim McClure to get you guys across the line. Tell us a bit about Chad. He's amassed 342 runs this year at a strike rate of 156.8, averaging 43 uh, where do you see his career going from here, mate? When is he available for New Zealand? First and foremost, um, he's that guy. He's that thirty-year-old that uh, really could be a, a mainstay in that Black Cap side.
6: Yeah, well, he's been he's been in he's been playing for Canterbury for probably six, seven years now. Mm. Um, he's, he's he's available for New Zealand. He went on an eight tour to um, to India, you know, in September, so he's he's available. And look, I think he's the guy. That, when it gets to the end of the season when the black caps play Sri Lanka at home and then they go to Pakistan, uh, that's gonna be when the IPL's on and so obviously you know, the Black Caps going to be without a few um, a few of the top order. Yeah. Um so I think he's he's gotta be he's gotta be in contention for that to be honest. Um you watch him you watch him bat probably last year and this season, um and if you didn't know who the players were, um yeah, I think I think you'd probably suspect watching him bat that you know that he was that he was an international cricketer because mm. he, he makes it he makes it look a lot easier than other guys and he makes, you know, he's, at times he, 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 he can make some good bowlers um, look pretty ordinary. So, yeah, when you throw in the fact that he's probably, I'd say, in the top two or three fielders in the country, um, yep. yeah, I, I look from our point of view, hoping that, hoping that at the end of the season he might, you know, he he might get his
2: opportunity. Yeah, beautiful. Um, I'd have to agree with you on that, mate. He's taking me down at Eden Park, trying to go wide hole. He, uh, he's very inventive, mate. Um, <laughs> a lot of skills. So uh, I'll I'll vouch for that, mate. Um, look, uh, as a coach, your part of your role is to scout the opposition, help your side get ahead. On that note, mate, who who are a couple of players around the country that we may not know of, who you might be thinking that could potentially be in, in line for that end of ten, uh, end of year season tour, maybe against Sri Lanka uh, that you're talking about at home, that Chad Bowers might be a part of.
6: Oh, I mean, I think one guy he he, he went to India and played a couple of games, and you would know him well as um, Ben Lister. Mm. Uh, I think he's as a left arm bowler, he's he's you know he's got. Something a little bit different that not many guys have, and that he can swing the ball away from the right-handed batsman. Um, so yeah, he's he's been really impressive the last year or two, especially um, really coming to his own, taking wickets at the top, and, and you know as a best bowler. Um, so he's he's really been impressive. Um, look, I think Dean Foxcroft uh, for Cargo, who's you know sort of bats at three and, and yeah. bowls some off spin. Again, I'm not sure. I think I think his eligibility. Um, a couple be a of years different. away, I, mean, I he think might yeah. to, he might have to wait a couple of years but, but yeah he's a he's a quality player as well and um, you know anytime you play a Targo he's the he's the main wicket you've got to get if you want to have any chance of beating them
2: yep no absolutely um thanks Peter um before we let you go mate just uh, settle it on air uh, maybe you've done it before but if you <laughs> and Shipley stand next to each other who is taller out of the two of you uh
6: I think I've probably got him covered actually I think I've got him covered um, <laughs> yeah he's he's like again and he's another guy, and obviously I'm a little bit biased. He plays for us, but you know he he got thrown in the cauldron yeah, playing did. in Pakistan and India for his for his debut, and you know like anyone, you you know you find it a little bit tough probably at times, but yep. um, someone who might come back, I think, and hopefully get an opportunity. Um, against Sri Lanka when when they came over here in, in March and April and I think if he gets a chance there he'll um, he'll do some good things.
2: Yeah, uh, sorry, just quickly on that. Um, do you think he is more of a red ball bowler? Because the times I've seen him bowl exceptionally well has more been with that red ball as opposed to the white ball. Just because it swings that a little bit longer, it can move the ball both ways.
6: Uh, yeah, I mean he, he probably is, um, but I think he's he, he's actually had more success. In the white ball, especially T20, I was a little bit disappointed he didn't get he didn't get a run in the T20s um, because as a, as a you know bowler at the start of the innings with the ability to swing it both ways, um, you know that can that can make it hard for the top order. So yeah, look, he's he's only young, he's 25. He's had a lot of injuries like you know a lot of pace bowlers do, but yep. yeah, he's definitely got a big future. Perfect. Thank
1: Perfect. you so much for your time, Peter, and uh, we wish you all the very best of luck this Saturday.
6: Yes, guys. Not a problem. Thank Thank you. you.
1: Appreciate it. Peter Fulton joining us there out of Canterbury, of course, coach of the Kings, who will take on either the Volts or the Brave, uh, whoever wins that elimination final on Thursday. Home field advantage at Hagley Oval. Surely that's one hand on the trophy already, Mitch.
2: Oh, it gives you a chance, right? It gives you a chance. Um, I, having played for Otago and against them um, an eliminator down there, they'll, they'll be nervous playing an eliminator at home. The last time they did that was against the Auckland Aces uh, where friend of the show, Ronnie Herra, took them down uh, at the end, um, dispatched them to all parts of the field and got home with a gallop. So they'll be nervous. That was their last uh, eliminator down there. Well, yeah,
1: that's, it's, it's coming it's up again. Big. It's it going to be big. It is coming up. Blockbuster down there at University uh, Oval in Dunedin. Uh, well, when we come back right here on The Run Home, we are going to name our teamless Tuesday. But also don't forget, if you haven't entered our ECNZ Super Rugby Tipping Competition for 2023, jump on our website, tipping.ecnzradio.nz that is tipping.ecnzradio.nz sign up, play and you can win some amazing prizes and the ultimate New Zealand sporting experience for you and a mate with $2,500 you want to be in it to win it, it costs absolutely nothing uh, and it's a great competition it's a great bit of fun uh, between you and your mates across the Super Rugby season
0: By
3: organization.
1: Well, this is us on The Run Home. Our final act is our Teamless Tuesday, which you have all voted for. Thank you so much for your text messages. Teamless Tuesday would not work without you, and it's been so fun uh, reading your messages and working out why you've put them in certain positions. So without further ado, here is your Teamless Tuesday, all thanks to Kennards Hire, making your jobs easy. Visit kennards.co.nz
2: well absolutely outstanding to get your nominations for teamless tuesday today we'll start with the front row we've got sean kingston the jamaican rapper who looks like he belongs in that front row uh a bit of size to him as well and meatloaf locking in next to him he's right in the mix in that front row he got many nominations actually acdc number three uh that's a really strong strong front row uh We'll get a little bit of rock and roll in there, a little bit of eye gouging uh, to fr- finish off that front row. You are hearing Jump by Van Halen behind you. That is because he is one of our locks. Van Halen are our lock, one of our locks partnering the Rolling Stones because obviously Rolling Walls are a big part of that forward pack. So the hey, Rolling Stones are in there. Slash Jerry Collins in at six outstanding hunters and hunter and collectors and at seven just for the namesake get out there get that pill turn it over for the fellas foo fighters are in at number eight slotting in and finishing off that ford pack dave Grohl, yep love it love it Ozzy osborne at number nine he's linking up with pearl jam at 10 uh yep that was the name of their first album so uh yep i like that i do like that Dire Straits streaking down the sideline is number 11 Liam and Noel Gallagher Oasis 12 and 13 well I hope the combination on the field is better than the combination off the field that is for sure I don't even know if they still talk to each other so hopefully they they don't talk to each other <laughs> which is hilarious but yeah, so, yeah <laughs> one is a Man City supporter so uh, Noel Gallagher is a Man City supporter so they're probably talking to each other less and less now <laughs> Number 14, Sex pistols. And we did find out it was Doug Hallett who messaged that through. He uh, wanted himself on the wing and in position with the SEC pistols. No, I'm just joking. It wasn't Doug. Uh, he is number 14. And Prince finishes off at the back there. Uh, he's been, well, he looks like the leader, the guy who would uh, bark out the orders from behind. So love that from Prince. The coach is the boss. The bench are the who, the people who come off 20 minutes ago just to get your first cap. Love that. Referee Stevie Wonder, uh, aka Wayne Barnes. Nice, yes, perfect. The bunker is Ray Charles. Again, not going to see that forward pass. Assistant refs are the police.
1: Very, very good. Very
2: good, very, very good. good. And the anthem singer, the one and only Bob Dylan.
1: That is a great team this Tuesday. That is a phenomenal team. That is a fantastic team. Musical icons, uh, bands, the best bands of all time. You've managed to sneak them all in the mix after the mm. Grammys. Thank you. Thank you for playing your part in Teamless Tuesday today. That is all thanks to Ken Kenard ha- Hire, making your job easy. Talk to someone who's taken the Kenoth today. Mitch, thank you for all your work over the last uh, four days. Uh, and we'll see you when we see you. Beaver will be back tomorrow uh, on Wednesday rejoin the Run Home 4-7. We'll see you tomorrow.